Been a long time since a night like this Yeah, you know I'm never on the sideline shit Time for the ground till it's four, five, six If you ain't with it, then it's bye-bye quick Everybody try and live a life like this Ain't a chain in the world that'll shine like this I owe this game from the stress I get Ask me how many fucks I give Thinking of you when I'm fading If it was suppressing, I paid it Finding my rhythm, my cadence Please don't come fuck a rotation Beautiful people of the internet, welcome to the BRB AFK podcast. I am your humble producer in Boston. Joining us in the studio, as always, is the time being, Scott. I am Groot. That'll do. That'll do, pig. That's what happens when I come prepared without a open like a movie quote. That's why. Yeah, it's okay. Now you confused yourself. That's okay. (laughs) Uh, Also, as always, you were a group that was pondering his existence. (laughs) Yes. yes. (laughs) Am I I group, guys? What is group? What is group? (laughs) What is group? Who is this group? Uh, also, our lovely and uh, absolutely so humble, illustrious host uh, Ryan Shipley. Thanks. And awesome choice for the song uh, Own My Line by Juno Flow, which from what I understand, the kids are really digging right now. That's how cool we are. That's where we are cool. Statistically, a lot of kids are enjoying it. Yes. Yes. A lot of kids. (laughs) The over under. We did have some uh, some across the seas music there to uh, welcome one of our guests tonight, uh, Liz Brooks. What? <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> and uh, also joining us in the in the studio tonight, uh, a uh, returning guest, a good friend of the show, good friend of the uh, just good good person in general. Welcome, Rowan Young. Yay! Hey. Hi, welcome, ladies. Good to be here. Yes, yeah, nice to, have, to you. have you. Yeah. I am concerned, though. I mean, we have two females on the show tonight. This is a horrible way to end White Boy Summer. <laughs> Did you just I'm... call us females? <laughs> I couldn't tell. I was thinking in my mind, am I going to go ladies, gals? I just meant females for some reason. Let me take my fedora off and settle in. Um, oh, boy. So, go. Now, one thing, though, just so we know at the top, according to climate, because of climate change, white boy summer is now happening 20 months more, 20 weeks more than it was in the past. Oh, wow. And I fucked up my joke there. <laughs> <laughs> I had a joke planned and everything. Oh, uh, oh, great. You'll too. get him next time. I'll get him next time. Don't worry. He will. You know, this isn't live. Ryan, before we start, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. So, you know, for any of our listeners or especially you two, you guys know who my celebrity crush is. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, the news is I now know how to pronounce her name. Oh, let's hear it. Oh. And before I say the, her name, I will have to also say that this is all because of uh, I, I say I dare say we have a, a like a a super fan now. Okay. Yeah, Miranda. Yeah, she, she is. Uh, a, she super, is a super fan. Some people say stalker, but we'll go with super fan. Yeah, super fan. <laughs> I, I, I like it. But she yeah. she messes me on Facebook. You know, because she listens to the show. And she knows how much I've struggled with her name, and she yeah. sent me a link, and it's just a, it was just a, a video of, of everybody pronouncing her name. It's just multiple times. So her, her name is actually Milana Vantrub. Oh, so I can okay. say her name probably. So I think I think we're we're growing close. So, so if you're listening, Milana, and I'm sure you are, yep, we're we're now officially closer. So yeah, <laughs> we're big in the AT uh, mascots, AT spokespeople. Uh, <laughs> 
Um, and I'm going to attempt, I, let me attempt my white boy summer joke one more time. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, studies now show that thanks to climate change, white boy summer will now last uh, 10 weeks longer than it did 10 years ago. Hmm. Uh, Worth it. Wait, I, I don't get it. So, okay, so Colin Hanks, uh, not Colin Hanks, but um, Hanks. who's the horrible Hanks? Chet Hanks. Chet, Chet Hanks. Um, Chet Hanks. That's what happens when you name a child Chet. Back in around April or so, decided that this summer was going to be white boy summer. And mm. it oh. did not go over too well. No, he also denied COVID, even though his parents got COVID. <laughs> yes, I don't. Now, is Chet Hanks through like a different marriage, or is he? No, nope. no, nope, really? both of them. Yep, him and that, Colin are full brothers. <laughs> that is so weird because Colin Hanks is delightful. Poor Colin. I mean, I feel like this just goes to show that this is what happens when you name your child Chet. <laughs> it's just a horrible name, right? True. Absolutely. This wasn't raising. This wasn't environment. This was a name that he carried, <laughs> like a curse. <laughs> I think the only Chet I know is just from the movies and from Weird Science. Was it Weird Science? Were uh, Chet Real was... Genius. Yeah. 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 In, in that movie, they turn him into was a it? pile of turd. I think. I think it was. Yeah, because that was Val Kilmer in the popcorn party. No, no, that's a real sign. That's real genius. All right. Well, I want to look it up real quick. 20 minutes later. Chet was indeed from Weird Science. Yes. Uh, yes. Played by Bill Paxton and then turned right. into a giant glob monster thing. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. At the, at the very end of the movie, he gets turned into it. Now, that movie, I do not think would go over well today. Ooh, um, hard now. <laughs> but, of course, like, nine-year-old Ryan loved it so much. But, Fair. yeah, no, that... Yeah, that movie would not go over. There's a lot of movies, I think, from the 80s that just kind of surprised me. Like, um, I have a friend that's uh, Indian-American, and the movie that shocked him when he was young was uh, Short Circuit 2. Uh, because like, oh, Fisher wow. Stevenson, uh, a white man, plays an Indian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With basically, oh, God, like, I forgot face. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Full tilt. yeah. yeah, somehow they thought that was... I mean, and think about it. It was the 80s, so this movie, I think, was like 88, 89, so just a little over 30 years ago, and they thought even then that this was a good idea. Oh, yeah. Dang. Yeah, like they couldn't think, you know, we could probably find another actor. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it just makes no sense to me. But I am glad that you all are here tonight. I'm glad we finally let Liz out of her corner. Yay! <laughs> you, yeah, you need a little air every now and then. <laughs> I am still feral, but I've learned my lesson this round. <laughs> yeah. We have the water bottle ready if you do, if you try any moves there. <laughs> That's fair. It puts yeah. lotion on its skin or it gets the hose again, Liz. Yes. <laughs> then I will stay dry. <laughs> now, speaking of summer, this today was pretty miserable outside, wasn't it? Oh, I thought it was absolutely beautiful. Okay, so you like the heat. Yeah, I like. I woke up an hour and a half ago, so I'm going to take your (laughs) word for it. (laughs) Amazing. Now, Boston definitely um, had to deal with the heat today. Um, Boston, was it hot today? Uh, I believe it peaked at 99 or or 100 at some point. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Which, uh, yeah, I was I was having to move a lot of uh, 
moving some furniture in boxes, and that was not pleasant. No, it uh, uh, it was horrible. Yeah. Now, I thought I had one thing planned for us to talk about, like the first year, but I want to kind of shift into something else I want to talk about. So yesterday, I lost my job. Oh. Yeah, it, mm. it's the first oh. time I think I've ever been fired from a job. Usually, unlike the U.S., I have an exit strategy. I have yeah. another job lined up. I'm ready for when my uh, my next job starts. But in this part, they just caught me off guard and let me go. Um, so I thought it was weird. And I just wanted to ask if everybody here, if anybody has like a funny story about when you either quit a job or got fired from a job. I do. Okay. Well, as you can start. I, uh, this is actually a very well-known story among the bartending circles in Knoxville. Um, because I got fired for clapping. Um, so the backstory, it was a uh, location on Gay Street. Um, and Gay Street in the wintertime notoriously is uh, not the busiest of times. Uh, a lot of people don't really want to walk when it's really, really cold. Same with it, it's really, really hot. Uh, so shifts were a little iffy. And quite frankly, shocker of the century, my attitude wasn't the greatest um, at the time. <laughs> Uh, and my manager at the time pulled me into the office and he said that I had gotten a customer complaint and I was like, no, nah, I'll, I'll verbally abuse a sous chef, but I'll never be mean to anybody that comes in to give me money. Like, I don't believe you. Uh, <laughs> and he told me he didn't have any like verification for it, like no paperwork or anything like that. Um, and then my reaction was to begin clapping and going, you don't know how to do your job. Um, oh, my God. oh, damn. And then he moved the write up slip back in its folder and pulled out a termination slip. And I was like, that's fair. That's so silly. That's not a good reason to fire somebody. Yeah, he, he basically Asshole. got owned. He got owned and he was yeah. Yeah. by it. Yeah, oh, very much. Hurt. Yeah. Very, very much. <laughs> so he actually, did the, he actually did the move where he took the paper out and then slid it right back in and then pulled 100%, out another paper. 100%. It was hilarious. Um, it was even better that I got... <laughs> yeah, definitely a tiny dick. Well, it was even better. I got a job at the bar across the street, so we still had to look at my stupid face every day. <laughs> <laughs> did you yeah. clap at him? Oh, all the time. I still do. Oh, good. <laughs> yes. good. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, a good clap, a good clap can, just can make your day. Um, I remember once uh, I was at a theater. It was like um, when the last Bond movie came out and I was sitting where the rails were and there was this lady in front of me who uh, had her phone out the whole time, right? Like bright, bright, bright as she could have it. Mm. And I waited till, the, till it got very quiet in the theater and I screamed out, screamed out, can you please turn your phone off? We're trying oh to God. watch the movie, right? Good. And she looked back and I pointed and said, yes, you. And yeah. she turned her phone off and got up to, to walk out and tripped. And I let out a giant laugh and did a clap. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's yeah. terrible. It's terrible, but I felt okay about myself. I felt like you I should. was, I felt in a way like I was a vigilante. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a vigilante. Ro, do you have a good story like that? Not I mean, about laughing at somebody falling. Like a work job story? Yeah. Or, or if you do have a story about laughing at somebody falling, that'll work too. Yeah. I I would never laugh at somebody. If they, <laughs> I think I've probably laughed at people when they fell. 
Okay. Um, I'm also a notoriously bad storyteller, but I did quit. I quit jobs pretty easy. I quit. I've quit a few jobs. Uh, I quit. I quit a lot of babysitting jobs because. Wait, not in the middle of them, did you? <laughs> you mean like while I'm on the job? Like, all right, bye, <laughs> bye, buddy. Yeah. Fuck your kid. Yeah. Your you got this. I set aside some of Raisinets. Uh, your bottle is there. There's yeah. a new diaper on you. I think you got this. There's a bottle of water oh, right here. You're golden. So funny. Now, when you quit the babysitting jobs, were just because like horrible kids? No, the kids are always perfect. It's because their parents. Oh, the adults. that checks out. I've never yeah. met a kid that I didn't vibe with. Even the the most frustrated little things like they're just children and yeah but their parents man yeah no and and we're seeing a lot of that these days uh how awful parents can be yeah and i also quit i quit a job and i never put in my two weeks when i've quit like i always just decide and then i'm like well that's it uh same I worked at a school and in the basement there was, I mean, it was absurd. I, I definitely won't say the name of the school, though they're not uh, open anymore, I don't think. But there, we didn't get bathroom breaks. We didn't oh. barely got lunch breaks because we had a class of like 22-year-olds and it's just constant. And there was mold and things would break. It was just a nightmare. Oh, and so. God. I know one day I showed up and the walls were leaking and like that problem had been happening for a while. And I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And I just left. <laughs> that's that's wow. a good reason to leave. I think all, that's multiple good reasons to leave. I think so. I mean, like all my coworkers unfriended me on Facebook and I thought, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah, well, because it was like a very cult like environment. Like oh. they made you feel like, we all need each other and like we're all in the trenches together. The mold is good. The mold is good. Yes. And it took me like years, honestly. I, okay. So I did, I took, I took acid and I went into the <laughs> fucking, that cave, you know what yeah. I'm talking about? The, go on, go on. With the, what's you it went called? into a cave after taking acid. Yeah. But I wasn't driving. Somebody else drove, but okay. Was it Cade's Cove? No, no, no. The cave that has the boat at the bottom where you can get in and feed the boat. Oh, yeah. What's it called? Oh, shit. The hidden. Oh, it's hidden. Yeah, hidden hidden cave or hidden. Hidden cave. (laughs) The hidden hidden cave of doom. Anyway, I went down into the cave and I was just like, my job is like a cult. I have to quit. And then it was like the next day that I showed up and I was like, fuck this. Yeah, was it Lost Sea Adventures? The Lost Sea. Okay. Yes, Lost Sea. There it is. Yeah. I Googled underground boat ride. Which that that's a whole nother story in itself. That's that was a, like the I have gone in. I've gone uh, into a cave once. We found like uh, when I was younger, me and I had some friends that were. <sighs> Uh, they loved caves, and we got into a cave where you had to crawl into it mm-hmm. and open into a giant mm-hmm. dome, mm-hmm. and there was a baby cow skeleton. Oh, no. Yeah. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah. You felt bad for the cave cow, 
because but you made you a discovery. Yeah, I made a discovery. So in a way, I'm like a, I'm like an archaeologist in a way. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I think this uh, this story needs to be told. This Lost Sea Adventure story. Yeah, I'll tell the the most. Uh, it was it was just such a journey. I, <laughs> so like I've never seen anything like that ship, but I did. Okay, so. There's a part where you get into complete darkness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're with the big group of people that you're on a sort of tour with. And I almost had a panic attack because oh. I, yeah, it wasn't the darkness. I just thought about how many people in there probably had guns on them. Okay. <laughs> I got, like I just, that's all I could think about. It was Tennessee. So yeah. 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 <laughs> and then there's the part where you – so I guess I had to, almost had two panic attacks in the cave, but I came out and I felt like a new person. So there's a part where you go in a boat and you feed the catfish. No way. Really? Yeah, but the catfish are blind. They're right. massive, and it's very cool, but then you find out that they're blind, and the reason they're blind is because we put them there – Wait, what? We found some blind catfish and stuck no. them in a cave? No, we found seeing catfish. We stuck them in a cave, and because oh. there was no light, they developed and 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 had kids, and now they're blind. Oh, so. so they're like those monster uh, people in that movie, uh, The Descent. Yes, and the only reason we put them down there is, is profit, so people That's pay hard. so they can go feed the catfish mm-hmm. that we made blind, and I was just weeping in the boat, like... So upset for these catfish. Mm-hmm. And then you're worried that people are going to shoot them with their guns. <laughs> yeah, there's so much to worry about. <laughs> now, you got to admit, Blind Catfish would be a hell of a name for, like, a blues singer. <laughs> yeah, I think that you were, okay, as far as the gun thing goes, I think you had reason to be nervous. Because if somebody started shooting guns in that cave, that would be really loud with the echoing. And plus, <laughs> if it ricochets off of the cave. Oh, yeah. Nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think you had, even though you, you were definitely on asset during this, I think they were they were good concerns. But I can't believe that I, you get to feed blind catfish. I am really upset I because I went there once a long time ago when I was a kid, uh, and we, it, it, she, she's one hundred percent right. There is boat rides there. Uh, the blind catfish. I, I, I remind me, aren't aren't the boats? Don't they have like see through bottoms on the boats? Yeah, they do. It would be That's so cool. It, it would be so fucking cool. It would be the coolest thing in the world if it weren't a travesty. Hmm. Yes. Yes. Now, I mean, they're not. I, I guess they're. Somebody told me their brains aren't big enough to know any different between what it would be like to see the sunlight but yeah. it just upsets me well you know when i when i went i we lost the power went out for like an hour or two so it was just it was just pitch dark but the problem for me is i was not on acid no. uh, so i think that my, that my experience would have been a lot better if it was yeah no i yeah i've never been but that's one of the places i've been i've really wanted to go i went to four to a place where you get to go down into deep into a uh underground cave uh, and they actually the water down there is like so clear and clean that you can drink from 
uh, the little rivers down there. Wow. Yeah. That's and then the oddest part is they put us in this one part and they set you down because they're like, we're going to let you see how dark this cave really is. And they turned out all the lights and they got super, super dark. And then this one guy goes, I guess that's dark. Like, oh. like he's like he's not impressed. It's like Come how on. much darker can it get? Cool, bro. Class <laughs> yeah. clown. I've seen darker. If I'm being honest, yeah, it was. You and then I adopted the darkness. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> yeah, and um, our tour guide was um was was high, and um, Hell yeah. naturally he was taking us around, and we got to a part where there was like underground waterfalls, right? So I of course made a TLC joke because. Of course. I'm, I'm a hack. That's and um, I made my TLC joke, and he was like, wait, what? I said, TLC, the, the band, you don't chase waterfalls. And he just stared at me for a couple of minutes until he started moving on. It was so awkward. <laughs> oh, that sounds so good, though. Yeah. Um, Scott, have you ever had any good uh, quitting or getting fired stories? God, I don't. I, I do have a, a story of when I lied and made some weird thing up on my phone to save a job. Uh, so this was, uh, this was at our uh, CVS Caremark days, Ryan. Okay. And, and, and before I know what you're going to ask me, why would you go through all this trouble to save that damn job, that damn job? Yeah. <laughs> but I so, like how you originally said dang, and then went, no, I'm going to curse. Yeah. This is our podcast. I'll do what I want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so I had, uh, completely forgot, you know how we had, you had to call in if you were missing work, uh, yeah. you go and do that. And if you didn't do it. You, uh, I think you had twice within a year you could do it before you got fired. Like no call, no show. Yeah, yeah. no call, no show. So I had uh, already had done it once. Uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, and totally, I did it again until I forgot. So I got a call from my boss, Robert, uh, the next day. He said, hey, you didn't call in? I was like, and then I had to go to like quick thinking mode. I was, oh, no, 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 I did. I, I definitely did. It, you, what, what do you mean? And so, no, it's not here. And, uh, and I said, well, if I can prove that I called in, will, will that be fine? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can prove you did. So then I knew my, my buddy had this kind of a, I forget what phone it was at the time, but you actually could like edit everything in it. Yeah. So I called him and asked if I can get, if I can borrow his phone real quick. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he said, yeah, sure. So I called the sick line number from the phone. Yeah, uh, I, I stayed on hold for a long, as long as it would take for me to normally leave a, a voicemail to make it yeah. look legit. And then yeah. I, all I did was just adjust uh, and edit the dates and times of when I actually called. So oh. I went in. I was like, "Hey, here, man. Here, here, I showed. Here's where I called." <laughs> so, <Nice>. Wow! <laughs> right, Damn, cool. that's crafty. <laughs> yeah, clever. Yeah, and then you also had a picture of yourself with a newspaper with that headline. Yes. <laughs> That's right. I was holding these paper with a picture of it. The phone. See, here's yeah. the time. I, I promise. You're basically a hacker. I know, right? Yeah, con artist. Yeah. yeah, the Scott with the dragon tattoo. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Boston, tell us a story. So once upon a time, when I was 16 years old, I got a job working in a little warehouse um, somewhere between Cedar Bluff and Level Road. Uh, I don't believe they exist anymore, but uh, pretty much my job was uh, taking little, taking Made in India stickers off of soldering equipment, replacing it with American flags, boxing it up, and selling it to the U.S. government. Um, what? Okay. Yeah. Uh, my job was pretty much, I'm pretty sure I can't get arrested for it now, so don't mind talking about it. <laughs> nice. But okay. Yep. It's, it's, been, it's been 15 years. I think we can. Plus, 
podcasts are considered international water, so you can do whatever. Yeah, you can yeah, sure. That's, that's how that works. Yep. Um, so yeah, we effectively were defrauding the U.S. government. It was fun. Um, wow. But we sold we sold a bunch of soldering equipment and had been working there for for several weeks, and I. I know there was one day that I, I clearly pissed off my boss because we had just gotten done busting our asses to get a huge order done on time. And like I had just sat down when he walked out of the like walked out of the office. So all he saw was me sitting. Mm. Which of course, you know, looks good to looks good to management. Yeah. And then uh at the same time I've been going to uh I've been working sort of semi part time because I still went to school in the mornings and I realized that they needed someone to be there full time. So I went ahead and I, I stopped going to classes. I dropped out of Pellissippi so I could work there full time. Cause it seemed like a place I could, you know, continue with a career. Yeah. And then they fought, like they fired me that Friday. Like they, no, no, it was, they fight. He fired me Tuesday and then, but he paid me for the rest of the week. Okay. Oh, really? That uh, apparently my my performance was was lacking, as well as the other the other person who was in line to take the full time position did already have forklift training and all this other training that he wouldn't have to put me through. Oh. <laughs> but then, of no. course, as I was as I was walking out the door, my phone rings, and it was my buddy who worked over at H and R Block, and he said, "Hey." Can you come back and do more tech support this season? I said, "Well, my schedule's clear, so uh, I immediately got hired on back at HR Block again." <laughs> so, what does HR lead, Block do when there's not tax season? I lead a very anticlimactic life. Um, <laughs> I thought I it like, did well. That's like the most boring question I've ever heard. In my life. <laughs> so, it's I'm intrigued by it. Okay, so of course in tax oh, season so we know what they're. <laughs> It is a boring question, but but it was it was a good way to lead a conversation after Boston ends with that anticlimactic ending. I was trying to spice it up. Ta- all right, all right. Folk, what do the tax folk do when there's no taxes to do? Um, yes. go, go on. Uh, it must be uh, very government taxing. assistance usually. Oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, so officially, yeah, officially, when tax season's over, about. 80% of all the staff is laid off. Okay. Um, wow. Well, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's weird how they do it. It's kind of like if, uh, I don't know if you got, if anyone dealt with being furloughed during COVID, where mm. you're not like you are for all intents and purposes fired. Yeah. But you are still, and you're still like on the, on the records. So you don't have to go through a full rehire. There is a rehire process, but it's nowhere near like a full rehire. You have to just you're just like, oh hey, Steve, you're back. Okay, cool. Fill out oh, okay. this paperwork, you're back. Hmm. Um, because yeah, you only you only work like a handful of months out of the year. So most of the staff goes home and will either do other part-time work or uh, a lot of actually a lot of them are retired. A lot okay. of the tax pros that are out there are retired. So they yeah. just go back to, you know fiddling around in their garage or cleaning their houses. Uh, the rest of us, um, the 
the tech staff would usually go through, make sure all the computers were put up or cleaned or uh, updated, make sure all the infrastructure is great for, ready for next year, and then uh, management kind of twiddles their thumbs for a few months. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and it, it is. It is rather boring. <laughs> well, I would say to listeners, if you disagree with Rowan and you'd like to hear more about HR and Block, please write us and let us know. Nope. <laughs> nobody, nobody disagrees with me. <laughs> I, I, I think you're right. Um, speaking of people that did get fired recently, other than myself, has anybody um, heard all the stuff going on with like a Jeopardy? Oh my God, it's hilarious. <laughs> so, um, I've heard some. Yeah, so if you've not been... If you're not known until now, uh, Alex Trebek passed away, I think, at the end of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, what? No, I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's give Boston a few minutes to mourn. Um, <laughs> let's, have, let's take a moment of silence for Boston. Yeah. Um, R.I.P. Alex Trebek. Um, mm-hmm. What is see you in heaven? Um, so after he passed... They started uh, trying to figure out like what they were going to do, and they decided they were going to do uh, a bunch of guest hosts. So like Aaron Rodgers, uh, uh, Blossom. Um, I don't know her name, real name. Mayim Balik? Mm-hmm. Is that right? This, yeah, that sounds right. Okay. Um, Ken Jennings, uh, Mike Richardson, who is the executive producer, um, and uh, LeVar Burton was the final, final uh, guest host. Um, so it came time to, for them to announce who the who the who the who was going to take over for Alex Trebek, and the executive producer Mike Richardson uh, gave the job to himself. Oh, oh. yeah, yep. it was essentially like in two thousand, oh. Dick Cheney was put in charge of finding the vice presidential nominee for the Republican Party and chose, and he himself. chose himself. Yeah, mm. yep. yeah. So immediately, okay, people, that. Yeah, I think that was that was the big thing that I was missing. Yeah, people got furious about it and started, uh, you know, because a lot of people just want LeVar Burton. LeVar Burton won a lot of hearts. um, And so then they came out and said, you know what? Actually, Michael Richards is going to host a syndicated version and Mayim is going to host the primetime episodes. Like they're trying to throw a little bit of, hey, look, we did hire. We did give some part of it to a woman. Um, And then it all started coming out. Um, Mike Richardson uh, on a podcast in 2013 uh, told some terrible racist jokes. And uh, also in 2011, while working on The Price is Right, he uh, discriminated against some of the pregnant models that were on the show. And was very sexist. And iced them them out. Like about nudes and things like that. So all this started coming out. Yeah. And this is, you know, this is Jeopardy. Yeah, which is kind of like a non-controversial show. Yeah. yeah. So what did he do, Liz? <laughs> he was hosting this podcast, and uh, it was when the um, celebrity nudes leaks came out. I want to say it was like 2013, 2014. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so he was basically the, uh, like... Okay swinging violently between like trying to blame the women for taking pictures of themselves instead of the people leaking the pictures. And then he was like really creepy with his co-host about like, well, have you ever shown or taken nudes or anything? It was like really pressuring them about that as well. And this was right after he had gotten slapped with an HR suit at the price is right 
for discriminating against pregnant models and calling them fat. Wow. Yeah. Not the best. And it's like one of those, yeah, one of those things you would think, and obviously he's the executive producer, so of course he was like, I think I did a hell of a good job, guys. But you yeah. would think right. they would still have done a lot of background checks before they announced, hey, this is going to be the host of our show. Because um, Jeopardy is not on the he the one that, that was in know. charge of doing the background checks? I feel like I'd imagine like, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he was probably like, you know, we looked in his past and he's like a fucking awesome dude. This guy's super rad. I hear he has an yeah. awesome leather jacket and an Emmy. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, so, uh, so Jeopardy finally, you know, just said, Hey, or he's stepping down. He's still the executive producer, mm-hmm. which I, I kind of wonder how long that'll last. Um, so now they're once again in the hunts for, uh, a new host. Um, I think Mayim has been announced today that she is going to do a lot of the um, guest hosting while they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. I know Ryan Reynolds and a lot of other celebrities on Twitter have put their uh, support behind LeVar Burton. That's who I would prefer. I mean, most people would prefer LeVar Burton. Yeah, because I don't think honestly, when they first announced who the uh, guest hosts were going to be, LeVar Burton was not on that list. He got put on that list because of internet. Uh, the internet basically pushed for LeVar Burton. Oh, God, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. mean, like, you know, <laughs> anything's better than the dude what decided he was best for the job <laughs> while looking for a dude for the job. <laughs> yeah. You know what Jeopardy needs? Another white dude. That's what we need. Right. Yeah. yeah. Those guys yeah. get and punched honestly, down a bunch. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just think, like, the balls that he had to do that to, to just think to just to give himself the job pretty much. I, I have a friend that actually works on jeopardy uh, on the writing staff mm-hmm. and he wants so bad to tell me stuff, but he can't, oh, but, yeah. but I know one day there's going to be a really good book written about the behind the scenes of this after Alex passed. Oh, I cannot Ooh. wait. I cannot wait for the tea to be Me spilled. Either. <laughs> Me either. Yeah, because there was like um, back in the day, my favorite, like one of those tell-all books, they did two of them, were about all the drama in late night. Like uh, mm-hmm. when Letterman got screwed over for The Tonight Show. And then they did yeah. a second book when uh, Conan O'Brien got screwed over on The Tonight Show. Oh, man, and did mm-hmm. he? Yeah, <laughs> Both times by Jay Leno. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah the <laughs> the crazy thing is when Letterman was Letterman and him were battling for the Johnny Carson show the Johnny Carson's Tonight Show mm-hmm. when Letterman was in an interview Jay uh, was in a meeting with I forgot who it was Jay Leno was hiding in the closet yeah that he was yeah. like trying to figure Whoa. out his guarantee so he could snipe underneath that amount. Yep, exactly. Yep. Yeah, crazy. Leno just not a good. I mean, he seems like he's a hardworking comic. Like, I mean, he kept going and doing uh, shows even when, you know, he had The Tonight Show and didn't really need to do stand-up. He mm. still went out and did stand-up. So, I mean, obviously he loves the craft, but I think as a person he seems well, you also not like a good person. Well, you also have to put it in the context of that 90s era hustle culture of, like, when Seinfeld was out and it was Leno and it was all these 90s comics, it was, like, the only thing worth doing was The Cellar. And it didn't matter, like, you could be running for president if you didn't do the cellar every Monday, then you were a fucking moron that wasn't deserving of a position. Like, there was so yeah. much, like, weird hustle culture involved. That's why a lot of, like, Judy uh, Gold 
had so many problems because she had like health issues. Um, same with Janine Garofalo too in the early days. And it just yeah. bred people like Jay Leno, who's like, I'm, I'm gonna, because he's been accused like six or seven times at least of like lifting verbatim jokes that he heard at the cellar for his monologue the next day and stuff oh, like that. Really? Wow. That's, mm-hmm. yeah, I've obviously you always hear about like the Carlos Mancinas. I'd never heard that. And somebody on Facebook this week was talking about Jim Gaffigan is a known joke thief too. So Gaffigan, and I've never heard that. That one's a weird one. He has a lot of jokes that have a lot of parallel thinking to a couple of street jokes. But okay. I don't think that it's like plagiarism as much as I think that's how he writes. Because mind okay. you, like a lot of the jokes that they're addressing to are stuff that never hits the special. So I don't know how nefarious mm. it is because he's not making money off of it. I think yeah. he just comes like he'll hear like a street joke and then he'll be like, I could figure out something with that. And then it just kind of goes from there. Okay. But I also, I, I'm, I've never met the dude. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't have to defend I mean, Gaffigan. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I've never done anything like that in my t- entire life. Never. <laughs> no, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd, I, yeah, like parallel thinking is one thing, but like, it just seems weird to me. I mean, obviously I didn't do stand up for too long but I, I like to think that I write comedy is I don't see where you would find any kind of delight, not delight or just pride in like lifting verbatim somebody's joke. Oh, I absolutely can see that. That's people that aren't doing it for the people that they're performing for. Right. Yeah. I, I remember once I got, um, it was my first paid gig. Um, it was at uh, this church. Right. And this one guy um, basically tricked his way into being uh the main event like he was gonna he was gonna be the headliner right Mm -hmm. and he comes out and the first thing he does is eddie murphy's ice cream bit no everybody knows that (laughs) yeah he straight up does it and on the show it was me and uh cindy topping who i don't think really does stand up anymore because like i had to write 15 minutes this is my third ever show so mm-hmm. I wrote 15 minutes of material, and then this dude comes out, gets the headliner spot, and he basically just uh, just lifts from three or four different comics. Well, did, and at one point he pulled out his phone, and I think pulled up the bit. Stop. Did either? Does anyone remember uh, JD Howard? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I think he had stopped coming out to open mics by the time. You you came around, Rowan, but okay. he, I remember one night that he I was hosting I was hosting for JC at Carleo's, and he comes up to me and says, "I got this whole this whole great idea I want to try out about not about trying to find the most offensive joke." I said, <laughs> and I looked him dead in the eyes and said, "You mean like Jimmy Carr's bit about finding the most offensive joke?" <laughs> And he goes pale for a moment and goes, no, 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 this is completely different. <laughs> and then proceeds to get up on stage that night and do the entirety of Jimmy Carr's bit. What? The whole okay, so- thing. The whole thing from start to finish. <laughs> so what do you guys do in these situations when something like that happens? I mean, if you, cause you guys do, I, I guess. Go a lot of open mic, you see a lot I of, go do you- shit. <laughs> okay. Um, Do you let the comic know right away, hey, this isn't what we do here? Immediately. And I do that because, like, 
I have had so many, and I mean, Ryan, you at least understand this. I've had so many of my random posts on Tumblr go like mildly viral. Yeah. And so there's like so much of a structure and an issue for me sometimes about like, I, if I say one of the jokes that I wrote on my Tumblr on stage, this actually happened. Tyler Sonics and was like, hey, I saw a post that had that joke. And I was like, that was mine. Here's, you know, this was the Tumblr. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's my joke I wrote like four years ago. And it makes me really upset because like it wasn't in Knoxville. It was in Asheville. I heard somebody do one of my posts on Twitter verbatim on stage. Oh, no. oh really? And it wasn't even a good one. I think that's what made me so mad. <laughs> Oh god. Yeah, it's still my shit. Look at a good one. Yeah, yeah, go to the good stuff about like racial inequality, yeah. not about like yeah. my insane fear of dolphins blowholes and why they look like buttholes. Like I don't yeah. what, did, what did you do? I immediately went ape shit and I embarrassed her in front of everybody in the green room. I was oh, like, nice. I can I can show you because I still had Evernote at that point in time and it timestamps the moment you did the I wrote green it. Room. It was at the auditorium. It was like the green room okay. as in like that was the place where the burlesque dancers changed in between our sets. So there was like pasty stuck to the wall and stuff. Um, <laughs> you know, I've been on both sides of that. been on both sides of that battle. Um, you know exactly. Did what she try to like defend like. herself or did she just like basically admit? Yeah, I, I saw she tried to defend herself for a second and then immediately started crying, saying that I was bullying her, which I probably ah! was like more aggressive than I needed to be. <laughs> Uh, but that also was one of those. You don't know anything like, about dolphins, blowholes, you dumbass. Oh, I was like, I was like screaming at her, like getting yeah. really like physically aggressive. Uh, but it was also like once that was done, I kind of let her cool off for a second. Then I came outside and I was like, I'm not sorry that I went ape shit on you. I need you to learn from this. This is such a th- if you like if you just want to repeat memes. Be the funny guy at whatever nail salon you work at or whatever, but like don't don't lift shit and bring it to an open mic. You're taking time and a spot away from somebody else that actually writes original material. That's not okay. Mm. Yeah. And every time I, I hear it, uh, I snap very quickly because I'm like, there's people that spend a lot of time that are terrified and nervous to go on stage that are some of the best writers I know. And I don't like people that'll come up on stage with all of the bravado. Cough, right, cough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe one day I'll get back on. But one day being soon. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's just one of those things I don't understand as a as a writer. It just my pride comes from if I if I write something and it goes viral, mm-hmm. or when I was doing stand up, if I get a good laugh from the crowd, exactly. that makes me feel awesome. But if I go up there and tell somebody else's joke or or pretend a joke is mine on the on the on the internet, it makes me feel horrible. Yeah. Well, and I, like... I, I just don't get it. What was it? Attell did this to Tom Segura at a show because Segura repeated a joke that he told like five or six years ago. And uh, mm-hmm. he called him out on it and was like, oh, I guess you're acting now. And he was like, what do you mean? He was like, you're just telling that same joke. So why? What? Are, how are you a comic anymore? You're not actively writing. You're just acting. And that's what I think every time somebody like lives a joke or is repeating jokes over and over and over again without changing them or things like that, that I'm like, oh, so you're acting. Oh, that's cool. That's fine. It just means you're not yeah. doing what I'm doing. Like, so it's the person that goes to the, the open mic for, um, for like years and basically has the same five minutes. 
Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like, tells the same jokes and, like, doesn't edit them, doesn't try new jokes, doesn't actively write. I don't know how yeah. much is if you're a stand-up comedian or if you're a comedic actor that's just trying to get seen. Which neither one of these things are a bad thing. I don't have a personal judgment. I don't think stand-up is better than acting. Um, we yeah. all still work at the same Starbucks at the end of the day. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's still like, I, I, I have such like a moral confluence on like, if you're going to call yourself a stand-up, you need to actively write and it needs to be your own material. And if you take the hit, you take the hit, you get back up and you keep going. Like that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. I'm. I have a. I, I have controversial opinions on this on the the matter, but uh, I do agree that oh. I do agree that if you're, especially if you're going to do the same five minute, like, there, there's something to be said about perfecting that like that bit. Yeah. Uh, but you still should be at least adjusting. It should not be the exact same thing I heard from you. Like you should have the timing better. You should have the. Exactly. You should have more. Uh, more tags in it you should have it to where it's a a polished perfect bit yeah like it should be flawless by the next time next time i hear it but whoa high standards okay how long how much how much time has passed in between okay i'm saying i'm gonna say like if you if you've been doing the exact same bit for a year yeah i give it a year uh, a year for a year you should you should have at least at least better time. Okay, maybe not flawless, but I mean, I, I, I sorry. I guess when I said flawless, I was thinking like if you've been doing this bit for five years, if yeah. you've been doing the same joke for five, five years. years, it should be you. You should know it by the back of your hand, and you should know exactly where every pause, every breath is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you should know it like you. Know, it should be the highest you form of it. what it is. Like. Right. Whatever the best version of that it can be, then that's what that joke is by that point in time. So, so here's a question, and hopefully it's more more interesting than my HR block question. Um, <laughs> we'll start with Rowan. Um, when do you find it's time to retire a joke that you've done for a while? I am too new to to say because okay. I mean I feel like where I'm at I. And also just the kind of person I am, I feel like I don't want to claim to know anything because okay. it's just, I'm still telling some, I'm only three years in, so I'm still telling a lot of jokes from the beginning. I think I've made them better, but. Mm-hmm. Um, you have. I, yeah. It amazes I, uh, me that you're only three years in because you, because I love watching like the little clips you do on Instagram. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, well, Honestly, that conversation before brought up a lot internally for me because I feel like one of my biggest downfalls is sometimes I get pretty rehearsed because I have OCD. So I, uh, if I write my set, I actually can't stop going over it in my head. <laughs> okay. Like it, I'm like nuts. And so I, I've been trying this new thing where I just write my set like 10 20 minutes before I go up because I need to have faith in myself and my jokes, you know? Yeah. I just get really crazy. I'm like, I've got to have a narrative from beginning to end and I've got to whatever I've got to tell a story. And, but then sometimes it's like, I forget to have fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So Mm. to answer, to answer your question, I don't know when to retire something. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, no, I get it. And you don't do a lot of like topical stuff. So like you, yeah. So you're not going to be out there saying, Hey, this uh, hurricane that happened in 2018, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's all very personal. Um, and I do think like I change as a person, like I used to drink a lot and, and have a lot of casual sex. And that's what my jokes were about. And now I like, don't I just like stay home and watch movies and read books and so I'm like fine writing about that now and so it's just interesting to see how it changes because change. you feel like you want to do that because you feel like if you do like the the drug jokes the sex jokes all that stuff it just feels like more of like a character and not really uh, you then no I wouldn't say that I would say all those jokes are a part of me as well but yeah. But I can't tell the jokes about drinking heavily anymore because it's just not true. Like, I think I'm a terrible liar. And okay. <laughs> I, even on stage, like, I just, if, if I tell something that's not my truth, then I walk away and I feel like even if people laughed, it, it doesn't hit for me personally. Yeah, I know. Like, I would rather nobody laugh and walk away feeling like I said something, like, very true that I feel good about. Yeah. Myself. No, and but, that's good. I mean, it's better to be proud of yourself than proud of like what you get from an audience. Yeah, but I still like have sex and like do drugs and, and like, <laughs> <laughs> I just like not, my jokes about that. Just not freely as much. Yeah. No, I've got like one boyfriend and he's mm. really cool. He's great. <laughs> he actually came on your podcast a couple uh, weeks ago, didn't he? He did. Yeah, I had him on. He's he lives in he's a comic. He lives in Kansas City, and, but he's about to move to Knoxville. That's, oh, that's, that's exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> that's awesome. Has your dog met him? Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's that's his father. So, I'll oh. say it. <laughs> oh, okay. He's the father of my dog. Now, it delights me so much where We'll get back into the comic stuff, but I have to do an aside here. It delights me so much that your dog's name is Pigeon. Because Aww. when we used to have our show, it used to be called D DLC Respawn. You came on, and I remember you were nervous because you're like, <laughs> I don't, I'm not really a gamer. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. And it was one of my favorite episodes because you told me about a dating game where you date <laughs> pigeons. <laughs> the pigeon, yes. the pigeon dating simulation. And <laughs> we were wrapping up the episode, uh, Scott. I don't think you were. I don't know if you were listening. No, to this I don't one. remember this at all. Um, we were wrapping up the episode, and then she tells me about this uh, dating scene where you're a human girl in a school of pigeons. I don't yeah. know how it happens, um, and it was amazing. I think we ended up recording for another like twenty minutes because I had I had to hear everything about this pigeon. Oh, dating how did you not? Yeah. So. The fact that your dog is named Pigeon, is there any coincidence with the game? Uh, no, I'll say no. I, I do love pigeons, which is why I got into the game and also why I, I, I'm a big pigeon fan. I love pigeons and seagulls are my favorite birds and my favorite animals. Um, I, but Seagulls, and seashells. But this is kind of crazy, guys. Uh I wanted to name my dog Pigeon after in the Lady in the Tramp, he calls her Pidge and Aww. I I always liked that. And then Aww. I get, yeah, and then I get to the shelter and there's a dog already named Pigeon. I was like, what the fuck? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is weird. 
I guess, yeah. And then he he jumped up on me and he peed on oh, me. Yeah. And well, yeah, he marked you as his own. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was just like, I think this is it. this is meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's amazing. Uh, there's a new dating game that out there right now that I think has been mildly controversy controversial called uh, Boyfriend Dungeon or Dungeon Boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, it's all games. So essentially, you're this girl that goes into these dungeons and you battle, right? And then once you're finished battling, you go out into the real world and your weapons become hunks and you date them. Yep. Whoa. So like you have swords, axes, and I think when you get into the real world, they become hunks. And it's kind of got like a, a lot of... Sorry to interrupt, but is it like a big sword with like a penis? I don't think it has a penis on the sword, but once you're in the real world, then your weapons are become humans. I guess just like the pigeon game, right? The pigeons started looking like humans, right? No, they look like pigeons. <laughs> I forgot that, and that makes me so happy. No, you don't get out into the real world in this game and then like have sex with some nunchucks. Uh, oh, okay. So, so but Mill it's got a. your sword. Yeah, it's kind of a little controversial, <laughs> because, controversial because I guess there are themes in this game that have been triggering the people. Oh, yeah. tell me more. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have to yeah. look it up because I didn't know we were going down this route, but hang on a second. Fucking um, pussies. Am I supposed to not swear? No, you can no. swear all you want. No, you're fine. <laughs> I like the fact that you've, been, that you've not sworn this whole time because you've been worried. Just no slurs. I, yeah, we don't do slurs. Sorry, Rowan. No. no, I wasn't. I wasn't worried. That was just the first time one came out. I'm just like in a chill mood right well, now. Well, I fucking hate cuss words, so yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they actually added a, a content warning after par- uh, players' concerns. Uh, the content warning for Boyfriend Dungeon inadequately describes uh. the events of stalking and emotional manipulation that exists in the story. Uh-huh. We'll update oh. the game next week for the more ap- uh, accurate. Uh, content warning hmm. so i guess that right now there are parts of where the one of the main protagonists that you date um essentially is almost like a stalker and has emotional manipulation against uh, your character. threats of violence vague threats of violence harassment uh, of the main character yeah so yeah i can see yeah a little weird um i don't want to play yeah, and unfortunately, the actor that plays that part has been getting death threats. Oh, oh my shit. god! Uh, yeah, it's yeah. kind of like you know, back in the day when you would always hear the stories about the the soap opera stars that were the villains would get yelled at by people like, well, middle aged women, like <laughs> when they were out and about. So <sighs> I think it must be kind of like that, where people just for whatever, because I think it happened with The Last of Us too as well, where. Um, some of the voice actors got harassed online. Oh yeah, big yeah, time. yeah. I mean, it happens to regular actors too. Like, uh, like, um, what's her face from the Star Wars trilogy, the the newest one? She got harassed online by a lot of. It's just weird sometimes how people are. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of brought the room down. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably bring the room down more when I get back out there and do stand up and do five minutes on H on our block. I'm really into oh, this. No, <laughs> don't do that. My first Please. joke is, uh, "Where are all my where are all my blockheads at?" 
There we go. Yes. Aww. Yes. Yes. Oh I my god, Evan. yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Evan would have been Evan would have done great with some H and R block uh jokes. Uh but Liz, <laughs> do you think Liz, you've been in the game a little longer, right? You've yeah. you've uh how long have you been doing stand up? Uh so I did my first open mic in two thousand two thousand ten, two thousand eleven. Oh wow, okay. Um and so consistently, I'll count it as seven years. That feels like that's how long since I got my okay. first paid gig. Um, I used okay. to say 10 all the time, and it makes me feel very, very uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. Because I'm still in Knoxville. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a certain degree of pride shattering. Um, but I've been doing this, yeah, I'll say seven years now. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and Boston, you're about the same, right? About seven? Uh closer to ten. I don't okay. know. I closer I know, to ten I know because that... I remember meeting you at Side Splitters when I was still only going to the clubs. Wow. Wait, really? Because I don't think I ever I don't think I ever actually did side I don't I don't think I've ever actually performed at Side Splitters. Really? I could swear. Yeah. Because I met, I feel like I met I mean, you and JC and John Upton at Side Splitter. Mm, I, I mean, I, were you there maybe to see? I don't a think show? I was. Uh, maybe because I know that that was a. Uh, also, I did do I did do some uh, promotions there when I worked at Jimmy John's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wait, what? But before I got into comedy, we did. We did, um, like, we would go there on some of the, like, local business nights. Yeah. And kind of show off, like, hey, this is what we do. Check it out. Enjoy oh. the food. And then they paid for us to go watch the hypnotist. So. <laughs> <laughs> that math checks out. <laughs> when, um, when Jimmy Johns was in the news for their, uh, their president and all the awful hunting stuff that he was doing. Mm-hmm. Dry humping um, a dolphin. Yeah, I was writing for uh, that Hope That Helps uh, page on Facebook, (laughs) and I did uh, I did a gag about that with somebody, and you know, somebody like you're right, we're gonna get rid of of him now. I hope you enjoy our new um, our new spokesperson, Jarrett Fogel, something (laughs) like that, right? And um, it was shown at some kind of Jimmy John's uh, conference. Oh God! Really? Yeah, that's funny. You made it. I did make it. That's when I. That's when I knew I was I. Oh God! Congratulations! <laughs> Somebody's getting a phone call on Facebook, which is odd. Oh God, that's me. Hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> and we like, invite them. I don't hear anything. I don't hear anything. Oh, hey. Later that same evening. It's like I don't know about you all. Um, I don't really care for phone calls. Oh, I love <laughs> phone calls. Oh, do you? Do you yes. prefer phone calls over texts? Yes, I can't stand texting. Love phone calls. Okay, that's really cool. You're allowed to be wrong. She's an old soul. You're allowed to be wrong <laughs> when you're wrong. <laughs> now, I sound I sound me I sound either like mean over text or use too many I just can't communicate properly, I feel like. Okay, so you feel like you don't get your message across in text. Mm-hmm. Okay. But here's the problem with like when you're on the phone call is it's hard to get off phone calls. Oh, I'm really, really good at getting off phone calls. I'm the queen of hanging yeah, out. Are you? <laughs> yeah, okay. same. I just I'm I just bad at it. 
Just say like, saying, like in mid sentence. Oh yeah, my mom just expects it now. She doesn't oh ask God. if I'm mean anymore. Like all of my siblings, I'll just be like, "All yes. right, that's not good etiquette." Never I, in my life. I have I say "all right" twice. I go "all right," and then right, if somebody right. doesn't go like "all right," I'll talk to you later. The next one is "all right," and then I just hang up. So they're in the middle of enjoying your Matthew McConaughey impersonation, and then you're gone. That's it. That's That's so funny. I'm like, I'm like, (laughs) all right, it was so good to talk to you. Thank you for listening to my truth. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day, and we'll talk soon. Love you. Bye. Like, like you're closing out. A good ending, Rowan. Better than bye. (laughs) It is so. The only person that I actually say bye to on the phone is my boyfriend, and that's because he was like. What if you died one day? And I was like, you should be so lucky. And he's like, that's hilarious, but please say goodbye and that you love me. It hurts my feelings. I honestly hope Rowan does that too to like people who are calling like telemarketers. I hope <laughs> yeah. telemarketers too. <laughs> it's so funny because I'm not really good at technology. And so I also prefer to pay. I prefer to call for everything like my bills or if I'm, I'm in school, so if I'm having trouble with the website, I call them a lot, and I don't socialize a lot, so I do really enjoy those conversations. <laughs> That's precious. You know, I, I know, so, well, you're, you're like, you know, what, like the 80-year-old women who call into the, to, to whatever, yeah. <laughs> you can't get rid of them, because <laughs> yeah. they just want to talk about their life. <laughs> I know, I know. I was in Trader Joe's today, and they like the... They weren't very chatty, so I was like, "How's your day been going?" And I was like, "Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing." Um, so now, Rowan, you guys started your um, tiny stage comedy, right? You and uh, Emily. Correct. Yeah, who can't be with us tonight? Um, yeah, but... she's definitely been in bed for like three hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she like me, just really big hiker. Just loves the outdoors. <laughs> yeah, she's she's about to hike the Appalachian Trail. It's it's crazy, right? Like, is she gonna mm-hmm. do that like by herself? Mm-hmm, by herself. Yeah, she's got a, her boyfriend's great. He's gonna meet her at the stops along the way, and like sometimes you need new shoes or whatever, all kinds of things. So how how long is it supposed to take to hike that trail? Oh shit, I can't I can't remember. Hey Siri, how long does it take to hike the Appalachian <laughs> Trail? <laughs> Come on. I'm waiting for Liz. Approximately 435 days. Oh my God. (laughs) Is that true? No, I just made it. That can't be true. Okay. Wait, Wait, that wasn't actually Siri. That was Liz. I thought it was Siri. That was was really good. Yeah. (laughs) Let's see. Google says most through hikers take between five and seven months. Oh my hmm. goodness! Wow, uh, that's a long walk, you know. Yeah. yeah, I guess you. I guess you meet people along along the hike that you become friends with. I guess yeah, definitely, definitely easy to bond. Like long as they don't way. kill you. Yeah, no, that won't happen. Woods people are happy, and yeah. she said she wants to. I think it's super cool because she's also not on social media right now. Um, just doing like a lot of growth and healing which i admire and she said she wants to like try to do like trail open mics and make hikers listen to her jokes along the way oh that would be kind of amazing i know that's silly (laughs) yeah i 
I admire it because that's one thing I, I've kind of really wanted to start doing uh, to get back in more shape is to do like hikes and things like that. Mm. Um, like right now, I don't think I could because of how hot it is right now. Walking mm-hmm. to the mailbox is basically all I can endure right now. <laughs> it's too much. It's Brutal. just too much. And I want to get back inside and take a shower mm-hmm. and wash, just wash the sweat off. I just, I can't stand it. But so you guys started Tiny Stage Comedy earlier this year, right? Yeah, we started it, I suppose it was the middle of quarantine. We okay. Were, we had just, mi- we were sitting, do you want the story? Yeah, let's get the origin story. It's a cute little story. We had just made little cakes in mugs. You know how you can make microwave cakes in a mug? Yeah. No, uh, I don't know that. <laughs> yeah, well, if you look it up, it's really easy. You can okay. make a, and just put the ingredients and make a cake in the mug. Um, oh, and, it was gluten free and dairy free, very good. Okay. Tasted like a real cake. Nice. Uh, yeah, we were just sitting on her porch, and I was like, "Hey, I was kind of like, hey, people start businesses all the time, so why don't we?" And we kind of had already done that with Not Sorry Productions, but we didn't really look at it as work. We just kind of had fun putting on shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We but we had other jobs, so it wasn't something we put too much energy into. But we had the idea to build a stage and make COVID-safe shows and try to actually brand it and make profit for ourselves and just build build something more than <laughs> that something more than just like putting on a show here and there you know yeah 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 we wanted a name that people knew and then itsy bitsy stage the itsy bitsy stage we had yeah we had a few names we were thinking of like what are some of the other names i'm trying to remember because before we were tiny stage we called ourselves ourselves not sorry productions which Mm. is cute but it just felt a little young and i wanted to do something that sounded a little more professional yeah i think tiny stage was one of the first names we came up with it made me think of the tiny desk concerts okay Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. those are awesome yeah i just thought that was a cute and clean little name and yeah, from so, from then on, we were like messaging each other every day, just with different ideas. So you didn't actually start with like the stage that you created. You once you did tiny stage, you were like, oh gosh, we need to make, we need to create like this little stage that we can take around with us. Yeah, and the idea was that it would be like a traveling comedy show. And okay. So as soon as we came up with the the idea, of this. It, it all centered around building a tiny stage. That was the first thing. We were like, how do we make it to where we can put comedy anywhere that we want to? Yeah. Be it my backyard or a park. Our or arms. Yeah, mm-hmm. or an actual venue or a back patio. Anywhere. Or some if somebody wanted us for their party. Um, yeah. And her boyfriend is a woodworker, so he was able to – help us build a very beautiful little stage. We, we sanded it and painted it ourselves. Though. Okay. See, nice. this is, this is why I wish y'all had been there when I started. Cause I back, back before my truck got its Viking funeral, uh, I wanted to do a similar idea 
with getting a small generator and a speaker. Uh, I was going to call it drive-by comedy, oh. where we could just roll up to a location in the bed of a truck, turn on <laughs> the generator, turn on the speaker, and just start doing just wherever we park. Huh. That that's fun. That's like the friendly town show that they did. This was I, I wasn't at this one, but they did a traveling comedy show and they just mm-hmm. walked around Market Square and told jokes to oh, was, people. Oh, that's awesome! It was glorious. Were you, were you there? I, I didn't. I, I didn't perform, but I got to. I got to catch some of it. That's I I, it's. It's like rogue. Yeah, mm-hmm. some of those uh, friendly town uh, ideas they had were just so brilliant. Like, yeah yeah it was so good so once you guys had your concept what i really dug was the um like the promotions that you all did for like the pictures the posters i think you guys are just like top notch with the way that you you and emily have like promoted the tiny stage thank you we had a lot of fun with it that was that's always the main however stressful it gets all the different things that go into it and all the work that it is I we try to remind ourselves to have fun (laughs) because it is like there were moments where we would be like out in the street like taking photos with a refrigerator like (laughs) and we would be like dude this is like our job like crazy (laughs) yeah and then like all the stuff that you've done like because you guys um have a patreon right we do we only have seven subscribers right now if anyone out there is interested in subscribing we've got content like subscribe judge yeah (laughs) Yeah. we can um we can put the link and everything in the show notes well boston can because i'm just talent for as little as three dollars a month, and I'll say those seven subscribers we have, it's yeah, it's helpful. Like when this is what we, because like I said, we both quit our jobs. We do little odd jobs here and there, but this is what we're trying to. Things might shift soon with the way things are looking out there, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that extra hundred bucks a month we get from our subscribers makes all the difference. It helps us like literally feed ourselves and make it to shows so that's we appreciate it all and i can Mm -hmm. say i can vouch for some of your side jobs um she was i don't know if you're still doing this or not but i think it was like five or ten dollars uh rowan would send you a picture um some fun uh (laughs) stamps or some stickers and a story written about you and i said i want a spider ham on a Mm -hmm. corgi and it was uh i still have the picture around here i love it Oh, uh, that makes me so happy. It was that, such a was, fun day to get that letter. Did I put glitter in yours? I think there was a little glitter. Yeah, I probably uh, was like, yeah. some people I was like aggressive with the glitter. <laughs> <laughs> I was probably like, boys don't need as much. Yeah, but it was yeah. like a fun treat, like uh, to get this letter, you know, just that it just showed up and it was a fun treat. I don't know if you're still doing that stuff, but um, um, if, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I will fucking do it for anyone that wants a poem. If you want a hand, a, a personalized poem and a hand-drawn picture, you can Venmo me. Yeah, any, it's quality con- content. <laughs> yeah, a dream of mine is to write a children's book. So it was really nice to, over quarantine, I felt like I got some practice with writing kids. Because the style I write is like, it's kids' poems. It sounds like a kid's poem and... I got to kind of connect with a lot of former parents of students I used to teach asked for poems. So it was cute to write them for their, for my 
kids I used to teach. That was kind of special. Oh, that was pretty awesome. And I, yeah, I think, yeah. um, yeah, you should, I, I think you, you should definitely do it because, uh, the story you wrote for me was just amazing. I, I do so think much. that's something that you should work on, uh, especially if, you know, if things do start to go south with COVID again. Yeah. They, uh, that, you know what, maybe this is a sign from the universe. Yeah, I'll be your I'll be the sign. I'll be your. Uh, I'll be I'll be your sign from the universe. That's gonna yeah. be my new. The universe wants to tell you two things: write a children's book, get it sponsored by H and R Block. <laughs> no. Things that you need to do. No, I don't want H and R Block's money. So, <laughs> so once you guys got Tiny Stage up and ro- rolling, I know Liz, you've been on a few of their shows, uh-huh. like guested on their shows. Uh-huh. Yeah, I sure have. It's been a lot of fun been a whole lot of fun yeah she crushes it every time oh that's very sweet (laughs) and you're working on your own stuff right now too right liz oh yeah um i don't necessarily have like a uh, umbrella like a company or, or production or anything um but i uh i have one more show for the year uh it's like a uh two day like it's in conjunction with like Halloween and the film like horror film Ooh. fest this year mm. um Ooh. and we're doing a uh dance like themed day of the dead kind of thing with comics as well uh, at the pole fitness oh, cool. studio Ooh. that's very cool um, so cool it's gonna be really like, exciting can you name any of the comics that are gonna be on there not yet not yet, because I okay. still need to make sure, because uh, this one's going to be a very, very weird one with a lot of production to it, like moving parts and scenes and things like that, and like a full stage. So uh, logistically, we are trying to figure out how many comedians we can fit versus how many set pieces <laughs> can we fit in the space that we have uh, while still being okay. COVID. And it's going to be like over two days, you said? Mm-hmm. Uh, November 5th and 6th. Which is going to oh, be nice. exciting. Okay. It's dance your death off. Uh, oh is my god, that's so cool. <laughs> uh, which is going to be incredible. a lot of fun. And then uh, once that's done, then immediately jumping into production, um, I'm going to be cinematographer for three movies that are going to be entered into Knoxville Horror Film Fest. Um, oh, cool. Which is really cool, because last year I only had two. Um, and then okay. come... Only two. Only two. Uh, and then come January, I have my directorial debut. I should be what? starting production on my movie. Nice. Hopefully. This is breaking yeah. news. What's it about? Uh, the movie, or can you share? It's, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. I wrote it over COVID. Uh, and I wanted... I, I was watching a little bit too much uh, Space with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. And yeah. I wanted to see if I could make the dumbest script humanly possible. Um, and so I did, and it's three acts. It's going to be about 45 minutes. Everybody has a fake British accent and I'm not giving them any directions. It's just whatever you think your accent should sound like, go for it. Um, it's heavily inspired from grabbers (laughs) and it's like, basically goblins have taken over a, a section of a bar, like in the middle of the night, like it's a bartender and a couple of servers are closing down the bar. And then like goblins, almost like similar to gremlins if the puppeteer master that I have is going to make it work uh, as best I can with the animatronics that we're doing. Um, and then there's a giant like 
knife that's the center of the story. The whole movie's called Bone Knife, and it's literally like Bone Knife. <laughs> it's just like a dumb accessory knife that was hung above the bar for years and years, and it turns out to be like a prophesized weapon. And that's the whole movie. Oh, cool. And it's just really, really stupid <laughs> nice. and fun. I'm already like, hey, uh, yeah. yeah, it sounds that's, amazing. That's, that's what those uh those little short Knoxville film festival movies are. They're just they're stupid, but they're so fun. Oh yeah, like the camp is like turned up a hundred and ten percent. I'm really excited. Yeah. This is gonna be like my first time directing is something that I wrote. That is awesome. So that's I used really to do fun. those a lot, quite a few of those back in the day. I haven't done them in a long time. They were like, I'm I miss it. It's so much fun, dude. Come back, yeah. Like. Uh, especially now that all the film festivals have like the we're just going to keep it virtual options open for forever yeah. uh, it's so much easier to be a part of it and it's so much easier to watch it as well and just like be a more active participant in all of the film festivals sure. so it's really which cool which I always thought was the uh, funnest part because I would go when, when Scott would uh, be at you know have his show have his movie shown at those things yeah. and I always just loved the audience like most of the time the audience was really into it and just add it to the fun of yeah, it oh, they, yeah they really do like they're so supportive you know, especially with the you know with the group they're with and even even the other people that weren't with their group they were always so supportive so Big yeah that, that, that's a really good point it's and beautiful. fun fact uh scott is a good actor like i went there like you know how whenever you're whenever somebody invites you out to see them like perform and you're worried is it going to be good am i going (laughs) to have to lie yeah yeah not (laughs) to not hurt feelings um no scott was legitimately is uh is a good actor i had the i had the same issues when i first saw ryan live because I was worried. I was like, oh, please let him be good. Don't, please don't, don't let me have to take this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to ruin our friendship. Yes, yes. Of course, every time I saw him, he just killed it. So, Imagine. yeah, you're, you're right back, right I just back hear, like, somebody. a fake one, fake laughter from Scott. A little tear goes down my eyes. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm actually working on a movie, too. Nice. Yay. Oh. Yeah, yes. it's going to be the story of Henry W. Block and Richard Block. What character can I play, man? Please you're play you're definitely yeah. looking at the mm. pictures here. I think you're probably going to be Richard. Okay, I, I, I'm going to do Richard. Okay, all right. Yeah, you're going to be Richard. Boston, I'm not going to have you as Henry. I'm sorry, but you're going to have a part. <laughs> uh, I, okay, I, I think well, I can handle that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever work with uh, Sam Comer, Liz? I've never worked with Sam Comer. I know Sam. Um, okay, he's the guy I work with. I work with all the time. He's such oh, a good man. dude. Uh, I usually work with a uh, uh, Studio Seven Thirty. Uh, okay. And like most of anybody that's ever done a Ren Fest, then I have done a lot of <laughs> cinematography and lighting for that. Um, nice, nice. Hey, let me tell you, it's hard trying to figure out how to make lights work in the middle of the woods. <laughs> But it's, it's terrifying mm-hmm. and exciting at the same time, and definitely not super flammable always. Um. Yeah, it just amazes me that reminds what me. all you guys can do within like the what are they usually like forty eight hour shootouts? It's twenty four or forty eight. It's forty eight uh, hour shootout. Yeah. Or, well, yeah. there's for the horror fest, it's forty eight hour shootout, uh, and then for the film fest, it's a seven day shootout. Uh, oh, the yeah. seven day shootout. Seven day. I forgot has, about those. Uh, which I'm excited for that one this year. Uh, I'm doing something really, really stupid. <laughs> do they still do it where yeah. you have to like um, draw like what your uh, category is, what your genre is going to be, and then like 
things you have to have yeah. in your piece. So, uh, yeah. like last year, you had to have a character with a mask. You had to have a character say the phrase "Don't panic," uh, and right. you had to have one nighttime shot. Um, that sounds so fun. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Yeah, last year we, was so a blast. What- one of our films, we were, we're actually filming it somewhere downtown and uh, I forget which, which bar it was. And we had one line that we had to say, or we had to get in the movie, which was, uh, you had to say either what he doesn't know won't hurt him or what she doesn't know won't hurt her. It had to be one of the two. So we, we, had, we filmed the whole thing. We, we were done. And I left. And I was like, holy shit, we didn't say that line. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. I had to go back and, I, and luckily Sam was still there at the bar. I was like, hey man, we didn't say the line. So he had, huh. he had like record me just saying it in the background. <laughs> that happened to us, very, very similarly happened to us last year. Um, oh, did Because our main actress, she had to leave like towards the end of that evening. So we couldn't record like single one-offs. And it was right. literally like, I got a call from my director and he was like, hey, I'm on the way to your house. And I was like, Oh no, here's the thing. I was hammered. I had oh. no idea that we didn't have any of this filmed. I thought it that they had already gotten it off premise. And I had about six or seven new fashions or old oh, fashions. Sure, yeah. I was oh, sure. oh, I was cross-eyed drunk and they had me like setting up lights and I was like heavy breathing. At one point, I'm like getting the camera set up on the gimbal and the tripod, and I just looked over to my director and I was like, give me two seconds. And then I closed the door and all you hear is just me violently puking. <laughs> and then I came back out and was like, this is business, baby! And then just, it ended up looking really great. But yeah, oh man, you could see the shake in the camera where I was so drunk I could barely hold the camera up. The show must go on. <laughs> it looked like a dream um, sequence, which was great. <laughs> nice. When I was in high school, I really wanted to act. And for four years during Black History Month, I was the bus driver that makes Rosa Park go to the back of the bus. Oh, oh so the first year I was terrified. Yeah. I um, so I came out and as soon as the people, you know, started booing me and all that. Right. And then as the years progressed, I got more and more into it. So I think the last year I was doing it like a WWF character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but no, it was uh I think I acted in one of those seven day shootouts or 48 hour shootouts um, where we did it at that uh, restaurant downtown in Fountain City, Scott. I think that oh, was the one yeah. Andy Morrow. Andy Morrow and Ryan yes. was in it. And yes. I was the pop- a member of the paparazzi and I m- forgot to wear a belt when I was on there. So you can see me in the film <laughs> trying to pull up my pants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, was, I was right there with you. Me, me and Ryan both were, were a paparazzi guy. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, we were my, paparazzi my, my, my guys, and like then we were guard. Of, uh, yeah, your your brother was a bodyguard. Yeah, I uh, that was yeah. Video I, I need to go check in on that movie that I was. Was it the one that I, we I, were I in in together a, that the uh, Inside Out movie that Michael David Anderson wrote? That's a Pixar film. You guys were um, no, I didn't. Oh, I know. Because <laughs> I remember, I wasn't actually in in any scene. I, I went and did like the the premiere show. Well, I wasn't right. actually in any scenes I, or in the, that movie. I was in that movie with Chase Dyer, and it's the only time mm-hmm. I think I'll ever act on screen because I hate it and I'm bad at it. Um, <laughs> but also because one of the scenes, it was like a party scene. We were supposed to be playing beer pong, and my character was flirting with a couple of girls. 
And I was like, mm-hmm. whatever, I don't even care about this. And I just chucked the ping pong ball across the table and it landed dead in the center. What? And no. I was looking away. Like, I literally threw it, turned around, and, like, cupped a girl's cheek and asked for her number as it was hitting in the center. And everybody lost their mind. We had to take, like, an hour oh. break because everyone's like, oh, my God. You'd have to. And that was all on so camera. It was all amazing. on camera. It all got caught. Ah, oh, that's it's amazing. It's one of the worst films I've ever seen in my entire life. It's terrible. Nobody should watch but it. But that scene is amazing. <laughs> that's one of the greatest scenes so. that's ever uh-huh. happened. <laughs> I'm so happy. That's supposedly uh, in the first Alien movie when Sigourney Weaver uh, dunks the she doesn't dunk. That would be amazing. Oh but when God. she shoots Dunks the basketball the and uh, goes straight, you know, in the hoop, yes. uh, that the reaction from the uh, from the rest of the actors that was real. Nice. <laughs> yeah, girls can play basketball. <laughs> what? Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, have you been in any movies, Rowan? I've done one of those 48-hour film festival one, or for, uh, I can't remember what it was about, though. Okay. I, rem- I did it with Liz knows our friend St. Thomas. Mm-hmm. He was in it with me, and he got stabbed a bunch of times. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember that. I, I wore like a 50s dress and it was about like which it was funny because I didn't really know what it was about because I was just in some scenes and doing what they told me to do. Okay. Mm. Um, but there was like a witchcraft scene and a scene with like a synchronized dance knife fight. Oh, mm. that's fun. Uh, that oh. was like a couple years ago. It was incredible. I and I've done some I did a sh- acting for a TV show on Discovery Channel once and Wait, I did like it was uh, through like I don't know. Oh, uh, that was really the creepy girl, right? I was a ghost. Yeah. Wait, you what? Yeah, it was, was one of the, it was one of the coolest moments of my life. To be honest with you guys, I feel like my true dream in life is to act. Okay, <laughs> right. And I just like accidentally started doing comedy, but because like being on set, it. like. It's like the most, it's the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. So, probably. so you were a ghost for a Discovery Channel show? Yeah. And I got to be on set for 12 hours. Wow. Did you get was, like all the ghost makeup and everything? Yeah, it was airbrush and I was, it was so cool. Um, so for a while I had normal makeup cause I was human for a while. And then after yeah. I was a ghost, they did the airbrush makeup and kind of like made it look like old too. Mm. Was your character murdered? Uh, my character was a murderer. Oh, you were a murderer. Okay. I was a murderer. Oh. I was. Mm-hmm. It it was like the mistress of the house. Yeah. And she was an adulteress and a murderer. And uh, I don't remember how she died. It's it was a real history thing. So okay, a, the info is out there somewhere. But yeah, I got to be on set for 12 hours. It was filmed in that castle close to Iams. Do you know what I'm oh, talking I love about? That place. Oh, yeah. So cool. And There's I got to be castle? hung. Well, it's, yeah. Wait, so you got to be hung, too? Wow. I got to be hung. So I got, like, two hours I was hanging in a harness. So I had, like, I had, like, <laughs> cha- I had, like chafe marks, like, red raw marks on my legs. Oh, yeah. Um, and you know, they were like, wow, you're like, so you're doing so good. And they, they really like told me I was a trooper at the end. But what I wanted to say was like, there wasn't a second of it that I didn't love. I was just like, thank you for like letting me hang in that harness for two. It felt like I was in the trenches. Like I was in battle and 
<laughs> it was so cool. Like even just having to sit there and wait for like three hours while you watch like the costume department run around and fix stuff. I was just like, this is the most high I've ever felt in my entire wow. life. No, that's awesome. Did you like yeah. uh, try to do any more after that or? No, because I was, I've been so focused on comedy. Yeah. Um, it, that happened. It was funny because that happened. I just saw it as an ad on Facebook. It was like Jupiter posted an ad for like a pale young person. And I was like, I could use some extra money. So I, I didn't think I'd get it, but I did. Maybe it was, I'm always like thinking things are the universe telling me something. And it probably was. Maybe and honestly, it you can mm-hmm. one day get back into it because you do see like a history of like, comics that became actors yeah i used to talk shit about i used to talk shit about like anybody that didn't just want to be a comic and that was super that's stupid like (laughs) we all were like that when we're younger though yeah i guess so because you know people use stand-up comedy as a platform to make it in other avenues and i Mm -hmm. think that's kind of cheap okay yeah i Mm. feel like it's it's, I feel like it's its own art and should be respected as such, but I also think it's totally cool to have interest in other art forms as well. I'm trying to let myself accept that it, that's well, okay. Well, I'm, well, if you well, just if you if you did a bunch of pencil drawings, you got really good at pencil drawings, and then you use that as a way to move into doing oils. Did you like cheat on pencil drawings by then going to a different medium? I mean, that's a good way to look at it. I just, I think it's just a different situation. You're talking about like people mm. that did not respect the craft, but just used it as a stepping stone. Okay. I guess they're just using it as, so I've been, I've been, again, I've been looking through weird, uh, been taking a weird look at comedy recently. Um, especially through a bunch of weird YouTube deep dives where I'm like, is comedy, does does it have to be stand up? Like, does it have to be stand up? Does it have to be a specific like? How can I just do like what is a it? horror movie yeah. with comedy or uh, mm-hmm. or you know horror horror stories that happen to be funny or action stories that happen to be funny? Mm-hmm. Like using comedy as a mode rather than the end goal. Well, I mean, you when you first started comedy obviously you used your talents and like things that you knew previous to stand up comedy that you brought into it to get better. Um, like mm-hmm. me on a personal level, mm-hmm. like I played improv jazz for 15 years before I did stand up. I didn't know how to mm-hmm. try like write a joke really, really well, but I understood rhythm of performance just naturally. So I knew how to mm-hmm. like, I had a little bit easier of a time learning how to deliver a joke than my peers when they first started. Mm. And I feel like almost everybody has like Jeff, uh, he was a salesman and he sold shoes at journey. So obviously like that was a talent that he used in stand up later. I feel like yeah. in all forms. I of, did rip off a lot of, do you, I did rip off a lot of the pastors I grew up with. Yeah. See <laughs> of like that yeah, certain totally. degree of stage president or presence. So I personally don't see where like, I think that every art form is definitely like muddled by other art forms just naturally by how people bring in new things together and like practice through that. Like 
Mm-hmm. Art and stand-up comedy, even though it's still dick jokes and humping stools, is still technically art. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it still comes down to like a fundamental sort of thing of like, it's just like anything else that's an art. It's an organic being that lives and breathes. It goes through birth and death cycles constantly, these bubbles that expand and burst. And so like, mm-hmm. I don't think that anybody that's strictly a stand-up comedian is strictly a stand-up comedian, especially now. Like, Bert Kreischer is doing a movie in Serbia. You got like, Eliza Schlesinger writes poetry. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I think that you have like a yeah. lot of different venues and options. And I think people that limit themselves creativity wise they're doing a disservice to the potential that you have and finding out more about yourself later in stand-up like mm-hmm. I didn't become more comfortable with myself on stage until I started doing cinematography because I wasn't comfortable owning my time and commanding a room and demanding that mm-hmm. the audience treat me a certain way and then I had to be the only deciding factor on a movie that there was money on the line and I was like oh this is my expectation. Oh, shit. Like I have to be this person. Um, so I think oh like, that's, that's such an important philosophy to maintain is like art is organic and it lives and it breathes and it ages with you. It's, it's the same as like Peter Pan's shadow. That's how I view stand up comedy for me. It's always with me. It just kind of changes as to how I feel and what I'm doing at that point in time, but it's always attached to me forever. I guess. That's yeah. Like- eye-opening well said that was fucking deep (laughs) deep as fuck thanks guys (laughs) i feel like i I realized a lot listening to that at one point i had an h&r block joke i was gonna tag (laughs) good (laughs) i have to just let her let her have the time but no i think everybody in here that has done comedy um, cause I did stand up and I think I did well, but it was yeah. just, I got too the nerves and everything was just too much for me, but I was able to find a way to get my voice out there in other ways, like exactly. memes, mm. a podcast and everything yeah. like that. But I think like what with Rowan is saying, it's like more of well, people that don't respect the craft. And I think everybody in this room respects the craft. Mm. Oh yeah. Even yeah. like Ro, you do like, um, like little comedy, like not little, like you do comedy sketches for your Patreon people, don't you? Yeah. And I write, I write poetry and I, I paint and I do, I do all different types of, I think I just have a, this, cause I get, I get stage fright too. And, mm. and mm. I, I feel like I, even still like, I, I get really anxious every time, for the most part. Um, how how do you deal with that? Because I would always feel like John Coffee about to walk the Green Mile yeah. when I knew yeah. I was counting down the days I had remaining <laughs> before I had to go on the stage. Yeah, I I pro I process it in different ways, and I'm still working on figuring out the healthiest way to process it uh, lately. I try not to think about if it's a show, obviously if it's an open mic, like I don't get really that nervous because I just, the pressure's off for that as far as. I wasn't thinking to begin with. Yeah. But (laughs) like for, but for an actual, just cause like with an open mic, it's like I've, I've eaten shit so many times that I'm just like, I don't even care anymore. You, you also, you also do an open mics. What I keep, I keep trying to encourage people to do. You are like just you are throwing shit at the wall. Like you are yeah, exactly. trying 
trying to dig up something something weird, something different, which is very refreshing. Mm-hmm. It's it, and sometimes it feels like it's hard. I think it's good that I'm learning how to do it in an area where there's an equal amount of oh, very open, awesome people, and then an amount of people that just ha- like fucking don't relate to what I'm saying at all because it's it's good for me to experience mm-hmm. yeah. both reactions. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And when you feel like you're going to like one of your paid shows, like through uh, Tiny Stage, do you feel more comfortable because you know these are people that that know your comedy that have paid to see you are at least somebody on the, on the set. Uh, I, I would assume, but would know kind of who you are. Right. Cause I know you do bring in like uh, people from out of state too, don't you? Yeah. We, we bring in comics from all around the Southeast. Um, I don't know if I feel, I think every time is a fresh experience. So it's certain venues like at central cinema, we've had a really awesome show going on there and great venue. venue. The energy is so good. So that show, I, it's so different with different venues because that show, I'm always like, this is going to be fun. Like those people are going to be ready and the audience is always just it's it's so many new people that haven't seen the rich beautiful comedy scene in Knoxville that mm-hmm. the vibe is just so exciting uh, yeah. i i'm very intuitive and i pick up on other people's energy in a big way so it really affects my mood and i try not to let it affect my performance but i don't know how you guys feel about energy and all that oh no no i i, I mean we all know how how, how crystal crystals right. um, <laughs> but no i i do i do feel that too because I, I mean even uh the not the job i just got let go from but the job before that i could definitely feel how my mood would be during the day depending upon who i sat next to mm. and yeah. and how they were like we totally. me and scott set behind this one person who we won't say names in case they listen. Um, And if that person was there that day and I would hear them and hear how much they were complaining and just the energy they gave off, it really messed with my day. Yeah. And yeah, no, no, that's totally. So you can get that feeling with like when you're at a show with like just the audience or just the venue itself. I can for Um, sure. And Yes, Liz. Oh, <laughs> I was just going to say, um, I was very similar for a long time. Um, mine has changed. It's not gotten better or worse in any way. Um, mine has changed, A, because I'm in therapy now, which is fantastic. Oh. Um, and also, uh, my therapist is highly intelligent and understanding, like, no, you just have anger management issues, and there's a lot of stigma for women having anger management issues specifically and it's like it's not like that's represented well (laughs) in any sort of way um and it's like a that's how my anxiety manifests is through uh anger (laughs) um and so i found that what you're not calm and demure the entire time how dare you god (laughs) You know, we let you out of the house and you can vote. What more do you want? You can read books now. Um, (laughs) You're allowed to lust after the Beatles. Why are you asking for so much? Um, 
Don't worry. This, this, this podcast, uh, if Boston hears you trying to do any of those feminist views of yours, he's going to edit it out. Good. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's here. Yeah. Uh, Just like women. <laughs> but I, I have found that mindfulness, specifically the technique of the four, seven, eight, um, keeps yep. me mm-hmm. pre and during the performances out of my own mm-hmm. head because I'm so focused yep. on my breathing that I don't notice the crowd. I don't overthink my set. I'm not like overthinking mm-hmm. how I'm performing or what's going on. I am literally just a being that is existing and trying to match the timber of the emotion that I need to for that moment in time. That's why I host really, really well is cause I can mm-hmm. like, I know I, I, I can feel the room, but the room doesn't feel me. It's only affected by me and I'm not affected by them because of the mindfulness. Um, mm. but that also causes after shows, I get into a very deep anxiety hole. Pretty much every single show since COVID, I've had a panic attack after oh, I've God. gotten done. Legitimately heavy you breathing, do the whole, like, like crying in the car, like freaking out, like have to do breathing techniques and like hold myself mm. in. I have severe panic attacks after shows and then go into like a depressive state usually. Is it like Ooh. replaying like the show and like, of course, like just not seeing the positive of the night? It's thinking oh this I it's not this even better. the comedy aspect of it it's how lonely i feel i feel mm. so alone when I, I this never used to be a thing too it's so weird but after every show i feel so empty and hollow and completely alone and it terrifies it me that's that's so sad it is do you pull um, away from like the other comics and yeah, everything after team. the show i immediately leave all of the other comics behind and i either disappear to a different bar i'll lie and say whatever bar like oh i'm going to this one and then i'll go to a different one and i don't even really drink or anything i just i can't be alone at the house because my house is my safe place and i don't like bringing that energy in there so usually yeah. i just end up like disappearing to a bar where i don't know a lot of people and I like have a glass of wine. And then once I get home, like I kind of fist fight with it over in my own head for about two days of just mm. feeling absolutely and completely alone. And like, Dude. it's not like a neg. it's so weird because I'm speaking about it very plainly. It's not a negative emotion. It's the lack of an emotion. I just feel like I've taken everything that I am mm-hmm. and thrown it out there. And that like, at that, by the time I'm done, I'm just not a person. I have fulfilled my duty and my role to make people laugh, and now I must go and and crawl back into my hole. And it's something that me and my therapist are working through a lot now. Huh. Um, yeah. But it was but always I, kind I, of I think... there. Like, even when I first started performing, of just, like, I just feel like I am nothing and thusly have nothing when I'm done after I perform. It's so weird. But but I think the good no, thing I, about the whole thing would be that you're still going up. Oh, every time, every time. Yeah, because well, I can definitely tell you. Yeah, I can definitely tell you it's not that weird. I I never quite had the right words for it, but yeah, no, I I get that feeling. I, it's weird. Where yeah, you've you've given you have given your all to this to this group of people. You've put yourself out there, and then like only a handful of them maybe really got yeah. it but even then they didn't they don't, they don't get you like they got exactly. they, they they laughed along with they you the character but that you're I not they they understood mm-hmm. the joke i portrayed that is my existence while i have a microphone in my hands but they don't know me and they don't know what i feel and oh. it, it, it's weird it's weird 
it's so much of like, I don't know. It's just like you said, there's, it's a hard way to put it, but it's very, it's not sad. Man, you got me fucked up tonight. <laughs> this is what happens when I <laughs> only drink coffee. Tonight, like, this is the first this time. This is going to give us a hug after on. this episode. Um, <laughs> Deep stuff. Sorry, guys. It reminds me. It's like sometimes when I jerk off, I feel that way afterwards. I get it. Oh, maybe it's, it's what same. it is is the hollowness of the post serotonin rush. Like if you're breaking it down maybe. from a logical maybe. standpoint. Dude, yeah. maybe it really is just like a chemical thing. I mean, yeah. it's very like I'm gonna know after this episode. We're gonna do some mushrooms yeah. in a cave. I mean, after this or? episode, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna beat myself up over my H and R block though, because I'm like, did I do enough? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and, and the answer, the answer, Ryan, is no. Uh, it can't compare to what Liz has, just, has been saying. No, it's uh, – but I think that's one of those things they say a lot of times with, like, with comics. There is, like – I don't want to say damage because that seems shitty. Um, but there is, like, things that you have to be to be a comic, I think. Yeah. Meh. I okay. think, I think, honestly <laughs> – <laughs> I think it's well, not that people naturally in stand up are broken. I think that stand up because I don't like, want to say broken, yeah. But you, it, it's stand up. What it is is that you have to focus on yourself so much to write a joke properly that now you see what the problems are floating at the surface. It just gives mm. you a, like yeah. a, it's a pair of glasses yeah, to look sense. at yourself rather than you just always like this is the kind of person. I think everybody's like a little messed up. Yeah, I think exactly. I think everybody is messed up, and I think we're the ones that are on and honest enough to decide to talk about it. Yeah, and that mm. we just our jobs are to train ourselves to get better at talking about it in a way that's more accessible. Yeah, exactly. I I used to feel like, oh, poor me, like I'm so messed up. I like I don't know. And now I'm more like, no, like I've chosen to heal and I'm really like a generally healthy person and I'm really proud of that. And mm-hmm. I like I don't feel broken. I feel fine. <laughs> yeah, no, no, and, and broken wasn't the word I, I meant to use. Yeah, I oh, know yeah, what yeah. you mean, but there there is that whole I mean, I guess it is probably true a lot of us do have things like depression and anxiety and all sort of mood disorders (laughs) but a lot of times like i think stand-up has saved people oh yeah it definitely has me for sure like i i would not i would have a couple of kids in a house in farragut and the biggest thing i'd look forward to is whenever my kids go back to school like i would live a very plain life that was wholly mm-hmm. unexamined. And I'm very glad that I lived this life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always, when things get like vulnerable like that, I always want to be like, whatever. It's just a thing I do. Like, fuck <laughs> off. But I can't lie to you guys. It definitely, it did. I don't know if it saved me, but I, <laughs> I was like, I never left my house. I was like agoraphobic and I didn't have any friends and I wouldn't drive. So I've definitely come a long way thanks to like having comedy in my life. Yeah. yeah. And I, and you are, are you so glad like to be back on the stage after like losing it for about a year? So fucking glad. Yeah. <laughs> the crowds seem to be coming, right? Because usually oh, when I see the picture online of like the, the tiny stage or Liz you, it looks like there are that that there's an audience there. Big time. Yeah, people are happy. They're happy to come. They're excited to be there. They're yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I honestly do think there's going to be kind of like a renaissance that's going to come out of the pandemic for comedy. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, yeah Liz and I are both just like it's a stressful time to be a show promoter yeah, right it now. It really is because like it's such a constant <laughs> battle of like, am I doing enough to protect my community? But I also want to do this. Yeah. How much of this is? selfish vanity and trying to prove people wrong and how much of this is like I Mm. am doing the right thing and I'm staying by my commitments that I've made like there's so much I mean like for our shows we require masks and uh, vaccination status and uh, and or a negative COVID test within the past 24 hours which I think is becoming a standard because the Tennessee theater and a lot of the Bijou and a lot of those uh, put a joint statement out yesterday that said that's how it's going to be Very much. at any of their establishments over the mm. uh, from this point forward. I think it's yeah, I think uh, that's that's what we're going to do as well. I think it's as a yeah. like show runner, it's fine. I think as somebody who has been trying to build <laughs> a tour, it is nerve wracking as fuck right now for touring <laughs> comics. Oh. I uh, oh. My God, yeah. Liz! Yeah. I'm about to leave for my first tour in, uh, in like two weeks. Okay. Oh no. And nothing's been canceled yet, but I'm so, so scared. Can I give you one thing that will make you the happiest? One piece of advice, more than anything else in this entire world. Yeah. Yes. Baby wipes. I. Oh my God. <laughs> I, no, like, so oh my smart. God. My first tour, I went with Chase Dyer and Patrick Pope. And that was when I was still afraid to poop in public bathrooms. So, I, I, no, I am. I am too. I have, I literally okay. can't. It's like a, it's like a block. Okay. Here's the same, thing. We same, had same to here. I can't, cancel yeah. one of our shows so we could stop back in Knoxville so I could poop. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> because I had literally That's like my, you saw the picture of the first show and then like the third show, my stomach had expanded so much. I looked like eight months pregnant. Literally, I woke Chase up one morning with the sound of my stomach gurgling. Like, I just had to poop for three days straight. And all I was eating was, like, Taco Bell and sheets and, Mm. like, gas station hot dogs. I was dying. And, like... That's so sad. Just get over your fear of pooping in a toilet in a gas station. They'll never know it was you because they'll never see you again. (laughs) Like, just keep the philosophy... Play music on your phone really loud okay. and get baby wipes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, it's like double bad because I'm going to be with my boyfriend too. And I also have a fear. Like I can't, I can't go if he's like in the house. Oh no. <laughs> you can leave the house. <laughs> so we're going to be in hotels together. Oh, that's incredible. That That is a definite, uh, top tier intimacy right there <laughs> literally yeah. need to talk to my therapist about it because i know that it for my body my health is worth my ego i need to put mm. my ego aside and just <laughs> fucking do it 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 was literally when i had to like send a message to be like hey man we're not gonna make it to louisville <laughs> when I was like, how fun to, I literally missed out on like a hundred dollars because I had the poop. Gotta get it together. I bet that poop was worth it though. I mean, I feel like it oh. definitely was a hundred dollar poop. Uh for sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe this conversation. So it's a great especially I after can. how yeah. especially after how vulnerable we all got and now we're talking about poop. So we are um, comics after all. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Well, one thing I've been speaking of pooping. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing that's been kind of because, like, um, back I think in October, October maybe November, uh, Boston, uh, Kim and I uh, went to see uh, Alex Stokes and Danny Whitson at some bar. Uh, in, oh where yeah, was that? you telling me about this. Look, if I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like way out, like past halls. Um, and I was freaked out the whole time because like almost nobody in there was wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. Um, it was packed. And as a performer, is that like an extra level of stress for you when you're performing <laughs> to know that there's this virus out there? Here's the thing. I'm not concerned about my health nearly as much as I am the bar staff and the people that are working the shows. Mm-hmm. They don't have an option. Okay. Yeah. Like they, yeah. they have to be there. I'm doing yep. it because a, a biscuit of vanity. Um, I always am reticent to not admit, like, oh, I'm a little vain. Um, but also, like, biscuit of basket. I got to make that decision myself. They didn't get to decide that. It was somebody else that decided yeah. to have a show at that venue. So I always feel right. like that's my moral confliction and why, like, I'm still doing shows here and there, but uh, after our show, we're taking a breakthrough, like, the worst part of the flu season and probably won't be back yeah. until spring just specifically to kind of like and numbers are rising but i just don't want to get staff sick like i can't imagine getting somebody like a yeah. server without health insurance sick with covid because i really needed to talk about oh, yeah. like how kappa delta is the same as the infinity stones in sorority row like i can work on that on my own <laughs> <laughs> No, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I would say one thing: just make sure start taking as much of that ivermedicine medicine medicine as you can, and oh, you should be. Oh, okay. that a uh, horse tranquilizer stuff or whatever. <laughs> the horse, the horse warm. Yeah, food. yeah. Um, it'll uh, it'll uh, give you a shiny coat. It'll protect you from COVID, and you'll probably place at the Kentucky Derby. Oh, that's the most important <laughs> thing. Yes, that's the most important side effect. Yeah, it's insane. They're saying like I think in Mississippi. They've uh, doubled or tripled the amount of calls to poison control over people that are taking that to try to treat COVID. Yep. Big time. Yep. It's a weird world we live in where we have to tell people, hey, don't take horse drugs. I don't know. It's crazy. I don't, I, I don't even mind. the maker of the med of the of the medication had to say, hey, it's not been proven that this helps at COVID at all. Mm. Yeah, it, it's bizarre yeah. to me. Um, but no, and I think that is a reason why so many people have not gone back to like jobs in the public. Absolutely. Is because of, yeah, because you have, thankfully people like you and Rowan who are respectful of them and care where your masks and everything, but you have too many people that just want to be assholes. Mm-hmm. I think it's just too many people. And I mean, like, maybe this is me getting a little lofty on the sociological like impact of generational poverty, but like when you have an established, when you have established things like institutional poverty and institutionalized racism and just like severe lack of resources, especially in the Southeast for anything outside of cooking meth for Jesus, it's kind of like this was always going to happen. Because no, I mean, like, again, this is a country without doctors. And then you tell people, well, ask your doctor. And they're like, well, I can't get one. So I'm going to ask the internet. And sexyeagle.gun told me that Obama's trying to kill my kids. So I'm going to believe that because I can't even get a doctor. And there's like, 
you know, it's just, it's the establishment of fear mongering is something that has been a part of American culture for so long. And it's been so like the propaganda machine is such a huge part of what we are now. It only makes sense that it's adapted to a new environment as the viruses as well yeah to manipulate more people into killing it's you know misinformation is a virus in of itself and it just it's inevitable it's, uh, and sad um fucking I, russia fucking, fucking russia, russia. Fucking russia. I, I remember um, next eagle gun guys where i get all my info from liz i don't know what you're yeah. talking about um, <laughs> i think in in 2019 i was coming back from dragon con and we were oh. somewhere in georgia and we passed uh, a billboard for QAnon. Uh, and, oh, God. oh, and that freaked me out. This was right before basically conspiracy theory, because conspiracy theorists have, theories have unfortunately gone mainstream now in this country, which has had a ironic have had a dangerous impact. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, that's honestly the reason why we're called BRB AFK. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. Because uh, all the craziness that happened there. Also, I don't, why I'm not cutting out a uh, uh, shit talking inside out. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. Um, God, but it, I, I, I just don't understand it, but yeah, it's just one of those things where I've stopped fighting with people in comment section. I decided that this week is that it's just not healthy for yeah. me because they're never going to, they're never going to change their mind. Oh, not at all. So now I try to just talk to my friends and relatives who have kind of gone down some weird paths and I just try to show them love, but also try to show them the truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Cause if you shame people, they're just going to, you know, like dig in more to that end. Like, uh, one of my really, really good friends, um, she, uh, works at PBS and she's in journalism and, um, she's worked at a bunch of other places too. She's doing this thing now where she, she's researching, uh, like cult deprogramming Mm. and using that as techniques to start having conversations with people that are vaccine deniers. Well, that's, interesting cool. is treating it like That's as if it is a smart. cult and a cult of personality and like deprogramming like and her big thing right now is using like uh the what people use for scientology um for people escaping scientology how to re like because you basically your whole brain has been rewired and it's how you can yeah. sparse through that and have like logical conversations with that in mind which is pretty cool no oh. i think that's awesome because i don't want to ever look at somebody as not to be able to be saved mm-hmm. absolutely like i want to yeah but did you see the one of the recent things where the damn like even trump finally was like hey y'all you should get vaccinated and they booed him down yeah ah yeah that was yeah. that was scary <laughs> uh yeah i I think they start to realize sometimes the monster they've created and that they can't put it, you know, they can't put it back in the bottle. Exactly. And it's just going to keep developing into its own thing. I mean, hell, they saw that on January 6th. That's when they, you saw some honesty in some of those politicians, how scared they Mm -hmm. were. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's weird times that we live in, but um, definitely stay safe while you guys are out there uh, doing comedy. I'm I'm glad you guys are doing it because I think, there's there's the audience there and um if are you when how what shows do you have coming up rowan we have uh this friday we're doing second bell fest which is outside at sutry landing park and then i believe liz is on the saturday show i am cool I am. 
So that'll be really fun. Nice. And then uh, the last Sunday of the month, we've got a show at Trailhead, which is also outside. And we've got Jeff headlining that one. So that'll be okay, cool. a good and, time. And for those who don't know, Jeff is her is Liz's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my beau. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have, what other shows do you have coming funny. up? The, those are our only shows we've got on the books right now, and okay. and then I'm going to up to Kansas City and to Colorado, and I'll be gone for thirty days. And oh wow, Emily, yeah, it's a it's a long one. So nice. gonna see some mountains, spend nice. some mountain air. Yeah, and Emily is taking a little break from social media and from performing as well. So. Okay. I think as the cold approaches, we'll, we'll, it's, it's, it's hard to know if we're going to keep doing shows and maybe just make some really firm safety guidelines or just take a little break. So that's yet to be decided. Maybe do just like what Liz is doing and come back in the spring. Maybe it, it's, it's seeming like, and not to bring things down again, but I did, you know, I heard. I heard a, a very sad story recently of uh, somebody who lost a family member because he had a, a heart attack and there were no hospital beds yeah. open. Mm. And oh, of yeah. course, you know, you see it on the news all the time, but then when it's somebody that you're close to, it's like, it just hits you again, how, how many people are hurting because of choices we're making that are would be so simple and inconvenience inconvenience is so little and it's just like it's hard for me to wrap my mind around so yes taking a pause to decide what what the ethical and and good thing to do is mm-hmm. no i think that's it's smart to do i think right now while we're still in the pandemic you have to plan it you kind of have to wing it in a way because mm-hmm. things are, are definitely changing. I mean, I saw too in the news that in Orlando, they've started asking their uh, citizens to start conserving water uh, due to liquid oxygen shortages at the hospitals. Wow. It's mm-hmm. brutal. And it like it's crazy when it starts to bleed into all of these other uh, areas of life. You see how massive the problem truly is. And we really all should be doing everything that we can to... Uh, what's the word? Um, reduce harm, harm reduction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything yeah. we can do, any little thing. It's it's crazy. If you're not doing the things that we should be doing right now to help keep people safe, like what? Who are you? <laughs> like, <laughs> get out of here. Yeah. There's just unfortunately a lot of people that they have decided this is the line in the sand. They uh, would rather own the libs than protect themselves even as far as like if you're not going to get vaccinated that's your deal but if you're still not going to wear a mask you're still not going to practice you know social distancing i don't understand it Mm -hmm. it's like something that's so easy to do i mean it takes my effort yeah get vaccinated and i hope with um with the uh with pfizer being fda approved i think there was there are people that you know had hesitancy um I know a lot of them will just move the goalposts back again. That's just going to happen. But I think for the people that had true intellectual honesty there, I think that will help them with that FDA uh, being approved. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, 
it's it's going to be a rough few months because a lot of these stories that you're seeing, like the Orlando, the story that you told, I I saw like a conservative radio host that was uh, making fun of vaccinations and saying COVID was nothing, died yep. yesterday of the, of the virus. Um, these aren't a lot of stories that you saw last year, especially with how many kids are ending up with COVID. Exactly. Uh, one of our uh, f- fellow comic, uh, uh, his daughter yeah. um, is home with COVID right now. So mm. it's, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely stories that you didn't hear last year. Um, and, you know, we're going to get, we're in the summer right now, so it's going to get worse as it gets uh, colder. Yep. Mm-hmm. What a fun, what a fun episode. Yay! Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yes. Y'all gonna die. <laughs> um, so we want to talk about like what video games you're playing. Do you guys even, do the two of you play video games? I mean, I play a game. Okay. What game oh. are you playing right now, Rowan? I, it's called uh, Cat Collector. Okay. I love yes. that game. Oh, you what do? Is and I believe it's, it's pronounced, uh, Liz, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Is it Neko Atsum? Is that Neko Atsura. Neko Atsume. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, what Liz said. And I, <laughs> I'm so into it. I'm not a big game person. Okay. I don't really. I like Scrabble. That's my game of choice. But mm-hmm. game. I have been trying to not. Like I spend like 30 minutes logged into social media a day and that's about it. I just like get what posts, promotion posts I need posted and get off because it's like horrible for you. That's probably why Um, you sound so delightful. (laughs) 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 I work work to keep my head above water every day, to be honest with you guys. But um, this... this app gives me something to pull my phone out and fucking look at. And it's like just the best thing ever. You have little kitties come visit you and you leave food for them. Mm-hmm. That's the whole game. It's great. <laughs> that sounds delightful. Oh, and yeah. it's, for, it's like an app game. So you can find it in like the play store or the, or the Apple store. Yeah. And it's free and you buy them toys. And right now the layout of my home is like candy themed. So it's a gingerbread house. <laughs> Are you gonna be afraid the cats are gonna eat your house? Oh, that's a good question. Can cats eat gingerbread? That's right. I don't know. We let's not find out because I don't want this episode to be more depressing. Yeah, fair. Um, <laughs> right? Yeah. So that's fun. And and do you get like can you earn uh, tokens and stuff in the game that you can use to buy all this stuff, or do you have to use like real money? You earn tokens because you so you buy toys, you buy different toys and different treats to leave out the cats, and then when <clears> they vi- they visit you for a while, and then when they leave, they leave you fish. Okay. Oh yeah! Oh nice! To thank you. And that's a lot for a cat to leave you a fish. Oh, yeah. I know that makes the cat yeah. really loves you. Exactly, yeah. it makes me feel like loved, and it also, it, I my favorite games were always like. The ones where you were taking care of something, like a little animal or something. Like Tamagotchi or something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, dogs. No, and I get that. Like, I really want to start playing Animal Crossing again, but it's been about a year. And I'm worried about what my uh, citizens are going to say when I load that game back up. Oh, just time (laughs) They're going to make me feel. Like, just manipulate the timeline. Go full Doctor Strange. Oh, I should, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We've... We've missed you so much. We thought you were dead. Um, <laughs> what uh, have you been playing, Liz? Um, so, as always, I always keep up with uh, my Otome game, uh, Obey Me. Um, 
which yeah. now has an anime that's licensed oh, through Funimation. I that one from the last time, Liz. Yeah. Oh, there's a there's a there's an anime. There's now? an anime now that is ridiculous. Uh, it's like such like a cute like slice of life that's attached to all of the characters. Um, What's it available on YouTube for free? The first three episodes are for free on YouTube. Um, and then the rest of the series is going to be put on uh, Crunchyroll or Funimation. Um, oh, yeah, cool. so it's a, it's been a lot of fun there. Uh, and then I just recently got into Genshin Impact, which oh no, okay. oh it's so great, it's so cute, <laughs> it is so freaking I heard... cute. Yeah, I I'm kind of curious about it too because I think Alloy from Horizon is going to be in that game. Yes. Well. So what is what has impressed me the most about Genshin Impact is it has had a bigger like turnaround than No Man's Sky. Right? Where really? Like, well, so I don't know if you remember, but when Genshin Impact first got announced, mm-hmm. people people literally went to E3 and were like smashing PS4s oh, at the yeah. foot of the oh, God, that's the, that's this game? Yeah, that was yeah. the game. And oh. if you look at it, if you look at it, look past the anime, the anime, an, anime waifus, it's Breath of the Wild. It literally is. It's Breath of the Wild <laughs> uh, with more voice yeah. actors, not even better voice actors, just more of them. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's free to play yeah. as well, right? That's yep. the best part about it is it's that free and that fun and it's free. So, <laughs> and again, it's it, it is, well, is it, well, is it on? It's on. Uh, I think it's for everybody. Everything. everything. It's all everything? phone apps and uh, PlayStation Four. I know there's console versions. It's yeah. not on Xbox though, unfortunately. Ooh. That's right. Um, That's why I haven't played it. Okay. But I really, really yeah. like it. It's just you know, like I'm in my phone all the time uh, because of my Instagram. Uh, I am now at 5,200 followers, which is cool. Nice. Um, How's your TikTok doing? Uh, I am up to like a thousand followers now. Um, Good, because you do quality TikTok. Just nice. Uh, on average, I don't get a single TikTok that has less than two hundred views. So as nice. long as I keep building on that, that's really nice. Um, but like because of that, and I constantly have the temptation. Like I haven't had Facebook on my phone in three years. Maybe that's a little. little mine, has, mine hasn't either. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm. That's I'm bad. I think that's one of the reasons why I can never do like what you just said you did there or what Ro does. Uh, but I've been trying to do better at not looking at comment sections. Uh, yeah, that's that's probably a lot healthier. Yeah. Yeah. If I see a WBAR story that I know is going to spark some annoyance uh, in the comment sections, I just kind of mute that uh, that screen so I don't have to see that anymore. Yeah. It's. Because I, I used to get up early in the morning. That's what I would do. Look for fights. Yeah, that's why I've, I've pretty much moved over to Tumblr, like, exclusively. Um, especially since, like, the mm-hmm. Spider-Man uh, uh, movie was leaked on Tumblr. It's kind of been yeah. the most fun ever. So, <laughs> my yeah. preferences to that. Wait, uh, the new one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the new trailer got leaked the day before. I think it was, like, a trailer that didn't have finished... Uh, graphics at that yeah, point, right? Yeah, so it was all just the black oh, and white. Oh, it was just the trailer, not. Yeah. Oh, it was just the trailer, not the actual Correct. movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Oh, okay. No, yeah, no, that would be amazing if that was God, out there. I would be too tempted if it was out there. I would watch it. I did that when Wolverine, uh, like a few years back, when I think it was the second Wolverine movie was coming out. Somebody leaked a uh, work 
uh, work copy of it, like where the special effects still weren't done or everything. Mm-hmm. And I watched it and it wasn't good then. And it wasn't good when it was finished, but I felt like I was a part of something special getting to watch a movie that early. Yeah, I bet. Oh, that's so fantastic. Mm. Yeah. And Scott in Boston, I guess we don't need to talk about what you guys been playing because we just did a whole episode about it. And that and literally still, that's still. all I've been playing, Ryan. Uh, just just it's a, for who who doesn't know and that's Hades. Uh, it's, oh it's Hades is so game. much fun. It's so cute. Yeah. Is- mm. With the with the wood exception when I did download the new twelve minutes game. because uh, it's on Game Pass. So I, I did want to try that out. I've I have downloaded twelve minutes as well and one day I will play it. Yes, whatever you get to get tired of playing yeah. Hades. <laughs> yeah, I well, want to play that so bad. Mm. Which one? 12, um, Hades or 12 Minutes? 12 yes. Minutes. Um, yes, yes. Been, that's, that's the right answer. I've been Ryan's, playing this Ryan's completed for, Hades. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, I forgot he did. Yeah, because I got it when it was uh, out on the Switch. But I forgot I, about I, that. Yeah. I'm playing this delightful game that I think is only on the PlayStation and PC right now called Chicory. Um, in Chicory, you play a dog. At the beginning of the game, that they ask you what your favorite food is, and that becomes the name of the dog. Nice. Um, my okay. dog is named Sandwich. Um, and the whole game is you have a paintbrush, and you're walking around and you're coloring the world. Okay. It's and it's but it's done kind of like a Zelda game, and it's super fun, super low impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something I've been playing a little bit more recently to kind of help me with all the changes that are going on in my life, sure, especially yeah, after yeah. yesterday. You're it's like kind of Bob Ross. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's uh, it's it's a cute game. It's all the characters have funny names. It's a delight. Okay. But if you have a PlayStation 4, 5, or PC, it's called Chicory, and it's, it's really good. Okay. Um, but I guess we should wrap this up with we do uh as we as we always do we end the show in prayer um, <laughs> um, perfect yes we're gonna end the show with recommendations um scott do you want to go first i mean do i have to go yes. i literally have been doing one thing and that's hades so. okay so you're recommending hades i'm gonna have to piggyback on our last episode and say hades is uh, so just to give you an example so i I recommended Hades to one of my best friend, uh, and I knew he would he would love it. He's been absolutely addicted to it; can't stop playing it. Uh, so, and Ryan and I have a mutual friend that really wanted to play it. So we were like, "All right, we're going to get it for you." She is a hundred percent addicted to it; can't stop playing it. I, I, it. It is just, it's phenomenal. I have, I have no, I, I don't know what to say. If, if you want to know anything about it, listen to the last episode. So, yep. the <laughs> yes. whole episode. Hades is definitely my recommendation still. Hell yeah. Okay. Uh, Boston. Um, yeah, I, I, I've, I've really, uh, mainly with the with the move still undergoing. I have, I've had such little media. Okay. Yeah. So. So Hades. <laughs> yep. More Hades. Yeah. Go two, to two hell. For Hades. Two for Hades. Go to hell. Okay. Go to hell. <laughs> I like it. No, no, no. Escape from hell. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. Escape from hell. And, um, uh, 
Liz and, and Rowan, uh, is Hades going to be a recommendation? I hope. I, I, you know what? I'm going to go with it. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> What's happening? What are we recommending? Okay, so you can recommend um, anything that, so like a TV show, a video game, a book, a movie, any a comedian, and uh, anything okay. that you want to recommend that somebody should check out. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Could be anything. Oh my God. We'll this let you go, like, Ro. This is like, there's so many things. Well, you can name more than one recommendation. We're not, we, we don't have a hard law here, or like a rule. If you give them more than two, we're, we're taking a kneecap though. Okay. I have, <laughs> Yeah. I have, I have two, I think I have two. So yeah. the White Lotus Okay. Ooh. I just binge watched the entire thing. I couldn't stop. And it's hard for me to get into something. Like, okay. It, it's so fucking good. It's funny, but it's also spooky. And it's on HBO Max, right? Mm hmm. Okay. And then if you are a reality TV fan, I also just binge watched F Boy Island, hosted <laughs> by Nikki Glaser. And it's so good. So it's <laughs> it's yeah. like it's basically an island with fuckboys, right? Yeah. So there's two girls that are, you know, like I guess they're this show's version of the eligible bachelorettes, okay. and <laughs> an island of hot dudes, and half of them are f boys, and half of them are nice guys, but they don't know, <laughs> and who's so who? they don't know who's who, and so at the end of the show, they. When they eliminate somebody, they get to find out if they're an F boy or a nice guy. And oh my at, god! It's it's crazy. And so at, then at the end of the show, when they're just left with two people, mm-hmm. the the dude, if they're an F boy, they get the option to walk away with the money and leave the girl. Oh. Or if they're yeah, and if they're a nice guy, they split. Oh. oh. So it's worth it's worth the watch. Now it's the whole yeah. season, like just. The, the two girls or is it like every episode you get a new a new round of f boys no the whole season is the same two girls and the same group of guys and the group of guys progressively gets smaller but oh. but what's so great about this show is <laughs> <laughs> when people when people get eliminated they don't go home they go either to the f boy <laughs> It's like a wood. It's like a cage. They have to go. Um, they have to go live in a cage. It's well. I think it's for the show. I think they probably put them up in a nice hotel, <laughs> and they're like, okay, now we're filming the cage scenes. But they make it look like they put them in a cage. That's amazing. And then the night, the nice guys go to like a castle, Aww. and they like get to sip drinks all day. So does as the audience as you're watching the show, do you know ahead of time? who's an F boy and who's a nice boy are, nope. Oh, so you get that oh. reveal, but do you, or have you watched the show? Did you find that you had a good radar for picking out the F boys and the nice boys? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh-uh. okay. and this is all on HBO max too, right? Uh, no, I, maybe I can't remember if it's on HBO or Netflix. Let me check. To go to the Googles for us, Boston. Yes. Google search, Google search uh, Fuck Boy Island, but make sure. <laughs> but I really do want to see White Lotus because it's written by Mike White, who mm-hmm. uh, uh, has done HBO. Really... It is HBO? HBO, yeah. Uh... Wait a yeah, minute. HBO. Is this? Okay, HBO's... Yeah, no, it's just... 
It's probably HBO. I think it's just HBO Max. I don't be think careful what you HBO type in there, Boston. You might get some some results you don't want to see, or maybe results he wants to see, or maybe so that you want to see. Yeah, exactly. We're a progressive show, absolutely. Um, but uh, no, the White Lotus, like Mike White, he did this movie a long time ago called Chuck and Buck. Yeah, which is amazing movie. And then he was on two seasons of Survivor Shit, and two seasons crazy. of America of Amazing Race. He's a big he's a big reality uh, reality. So show what is fan. the name of the show? F Boy Island. You are oh, not man. good. You are not a good Googler. <laughs> oh, it is okay. HBO. So no, uh, I thought I heard someone say yeah. They're they're F Boy Island is an HBO Max original. All right. Okay. Someone said White Lotus, and so I looked up. I was looking at this show called White Lotus, being Which, like. Yeah. These are like actual actors, not <laughs> fuck boys. I wonder how I wonder how you go through the whole interview process by that that's, show. Like, I wonder know, if that's, hey, uh, yeah. You, like, you and F boy are a nice guy. I know. I, like I know. <laughs> like, how do they? How do they yeah. verify? Because you could really coming in t- in your audition tape, you could play either role. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> I, I mean, re- reality TV is all fabrication. Go both ways, of course. Uh, my recommendation will be uh, it's a game show. I, I've decided I've changed my thing after hearing hers. It's on um, Hulu and I think ABC. Uh, it's called The Hustler. It's uh, Hustler. Greg Ferguson. Oh. It's essentially five people. They're in a room, kind of like a uh, like a like a like a like a, not a library, but you know the a, a resting room where you have like the the bookcases and everything. Um, and there's five people. One of them is the Hustler. The hustler knows all the answers to the 10 trivia questions oh, that are going to be asked. Yes. Um, and the hustler's plan, his, the hustler needs to make it to the end of the show and get out alive. And the two other people that make it to the end of the show, if they're able to figure out who the hustler is, they get to split the money. If the hustler Ooh. wins, the hustler gets all the money. And all 10 questions are based off of a part of the hustler's life. Um hmm. And each there's two rounds before they get to the final round. And those two rounds, the hustler gets to eliminate somebody that I guess the hustler, he or she believes is kind of, uh, you know, owned to them. And oh the hustler, God. since the hustler knows every answer, the hustler obviously wants money, but the hustler also has to kind of go with the flow. So that way the hustler doesn't look like the hustler. Um and right, that's how you hustle. Yep, it's super fun. There's been some the amazing episodes where at the end of it, when you find out, I would imagine it was just like if you find out at the end of, the, of your show that somebody's an F-boy, it would probably be the same way. You're like, I cannot believe this person is the hustler. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's Craig Ferguson who's delightful. Oh, he's so wonderful. Um, yeah. That sounds I, great. Yeah, I think it's, I know it's Hulu, and I think it's ABC is the network. Um, but Liz, we'll end with you unless you were serious about Hades. <laughs> Uh, I was half joking on that. Um, (laughs) I was definitely half joking. Um, I uh, we get one recommendation. Hades probably. (laughs) Honestly, mine right now is um, they just put the Twilight series on Netflix. Oh shit! um, Number one. Wait, Twilight. Yeah. Twilight. 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 Uh, all four. Uh, is it five movies? Four. Four. Okay. It's all four. Okay. Uh, number one, the soundtrack obviously slaps. Top to bottom, bangs all the way through. Okay. There's so much Bonnie Bear. Um, 
follow-up to it, mm-hmm. it is also simultaneously hilarious. Um, so I highly recommend uh, this week to do what I did uh, on my few days off, which is to drink a box of wine and get through those movies. Uh, and that just commentate on your own. It's truly fantastic. <laughs> Listen to the, uh, especially the commentary so you can hear Robert Pattinson fully and completely oh. hating his life. Um, <laughs> it's so amazing. That poor guy has done such, uh, he's, he's a great actor. He's such a good actor. Oh my God. So good. So good. And people just see him as Edward the vampire. Yeah. Um, I feel worse for J- Jacob, who is basically disappeared Fair from water. acting. Yeah. Um, What's he up to? I think Sitting he's... Alone watching uh, reruns of Shark Girl and La- uh, Lava Boy and Shark Girl. Yeah, Jerky he wasn't in the enough. sequel. He well, he didn't show up for the sequel that they did a couple months ago on Netflix. Uh-huh. Um, it's that Twilight series has the weirdest way they get out of a love triangle. With him falling in love with the baby. <laughs> I know. Which is as insane. Okay, so uh, on our last podcast, we talked about a movie where, um, called Wild Time, Wild Time Mountain. Um, the whole movie is basically uh, Emily Blunt and uh, Jamie yeah. Warren. And she's Not trying to get Jamie. Love. Yeah. And she's oh. like so frustrated because she really loves Jamie Doran. And near the end of the movie, she's <clears> like, I don't understand this. Why can't you love me? Why do you shut me out? What is wrong with me? And he's like, it's not you. It's me. I'm a honeybee. <laughs> the twist of the movie is Jamie Doran believes that he's a honeybee. Okay. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yes. I propose, ladies, I propose that we all three sit and watch this, uh, you know. <laughs> And, and talking uh, about it on our next episode, but I, and that, my idea got shut down, and I, I don't understand. I think it would be brilliant. I kind of want to watch the movie now that you know that he thinks he's a honeybee, just to yes. see if you can see hints in the background. I'm into it. I'm into it. I thought we had agreed. <laughs> I thought we had agreed to it. Just this was the interview episode. We did no, talk about this. Is no. something we need to talk about. Every every guest needs to know about Wild Time Mountain. Yes, I, I didn't think we agreed to it, boss. And if I, and if we did agree to it, I missed it, and uh, I really want this to happen. Yeah, I went, I went out of my way to make sure that I found it and could get ready to watch it on Hulu. Yeah, I can just see him talking to her. And he's I will like, absolutely watch it. He's like, you have to understand, I love you, but I'll, you'll, you'll never be the number one woman in my heart. And she's like, your mom? No, my queen. And then he points over to a little honeybee that's bopping around. But no, that's legitimately the ending of that movie is that the poor guy thinks he's a honeybee and Emily Blunt just goes with it. Maybe yeah. he is a honeybee. He might well, be. Um, she's like, well, what do I have to do to make you sting me? And I'm like, that's okay. That's hot. That's hot as fuck. <laughs> okay. it did make a, so when I was reading the synopsis, yeah, in the synopsis, it actually does say stung by his father's or stung by dealing with his father's uh, estate. <laughs> So oh, it actually maybe, says that. It says maybe that? he oh, yeah. is a honeybee. It, it sneaks, yeah, it sneaks a sting joke into the right. synopsis. So I don't know how many references <laughs> there are, but hopefully there will be enough references that we can make a drinking game out of it. 
There's yeah, gotta every, be. Yeah, every time that there's a B reference, you take take a shot or something. Oh god! Like I just want to see a scene of him with like a bunch of pollen on his face. Yes, and he's freaking going nuts. Um, he's like, yeah, he's like reading Winnie the Pooh books. You know, when they're he's going just, for this honey. Yeah, he's just in the background eating honeycomb cereal, just stuff like that. We it needs yes. to happen. Um, yes. This is amazing. Two episodes in a row, we've talked about that movie, and I, I want to start. Going. I'm going to actually, Literally. tonight, I'm going to watch the first episode of F-Boy Island, Rowan. Yes! Nice. That makes me so happy. Nikki Glaser is such a funny host. I love Nikki Glaser. I it sucks too. that no, I too. she had a Comedy Central show for a while yeah. there. Um, yeah, she's yeah. so good. It sucks that she's not in more things. She's on tour right now. I think that's cool. I mean, I, well, but the way things are, are, I know it's not, like, cool, but, like, no, but I, uh, she's but she's re- and she'll do kind of like what you all are doing because she said that she waited until like March or April this year before she started touring again. Yeah, she's trying to be safe, but that you know it's her job, so it's tricky. And Rowan, yeah. I I want uh, uh, Ryan and Boston all three to 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 uh, to apply for uh, Fuckboy Island. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, would you got would you all who would be a nice guy and who would be a fuckboy? Oh, don't God, don't lie, don't lie. Question. I would be a nice boy because I have to get to know someone first. Okay, that's that's a very genuine, honest answer. Next, I mm. we'll go with uh, Boston. Yeah. I'd be a fuckboy. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you totally would. You totally would. Okay, yeah. respect. Scott? I don't know. <laughs> I think <laughs> we know what your answer really I, would I be. Scott would be a fuckboy. <laughs> okay. Oh shit. And Liz, but, but I'll be touring because I'm also real, I'm a nice guy too. So I don't know. Is there a, a female be. version of fuck? Is there a fuck girl? I mean, uh, I th- I think I definitely well, used to be a fuckboy, like by definition, okay. for sure. Like yeah. I uh, broke hearts and stole credit card numbers. I uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I've been thrown out of bars. Nice. I scaled retaining walls and stilettos. I did my dime in Azkaban. Nice, um, nice. <laughs> I think now I'm a nice guy, uh, and everybody has Jeff okay. yeah. to thank for it. He's changed my more feral nature. Uh, there you go. But I was <laughs> nice. definitely once a fuckboy. <laughs> and Ro? I, I think I think I was his answer to uh, maybe uh, maybe I was a fuckboy, but I think now I'm a nice guy. Okay. Oh, you can't. No. No, you seem like no you're trying to back. win this game, Scott. You're a fuckboy. Yeah. yeah. All right. You're a fuckboy right. through and through. All right, Ro. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely a nice guy. Always have been. I. uh I've experience with fuckboys. Okay. Mm-hmm. For sure. I, uh, yeah, you'd think I, I, in the watching the show, I, I truly, even the most obvious ones, I was like, maybe he's a nice guy. You just seen a guy on there going, man, I really like fucking. Like, <laughs> that's my yeah. take. And you're like, he seems cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like, <laughs> I never, like, never in my life I, did I have casual sex? Every person I ever slept with in my mind beforehand, I was like, oh, we could fall in love and like get married and have kids. I never, I never experienced that. Like, um, just, it seems really freeing. I I think think it it does seem freeing, but it it just feels, I just couldn't do it. I can't do it. I, I used to hate hugging. 
Really? The pursuit of which it does feel like I don't agree with hunting in any way. And I don't care for guns. It's <laughs> like the same right. adrenaline rush of like, I've managed to slay the demon within. I did this in the name of the matriarchy. Um. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. Then you turn on Handmaiden's Tale and you go, I think it's for you, girl. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> This episode has been incredible. I I do want to uh, use the line, though. I I really do. I want to tell somebody that I can't be with them because I'm a honeybee. I know. No, I'm about to go, like, yeah, I'm going to use that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Such a great way. But the problem is you could end up with an Emily Blunt where she's like, this is freaking amazing. Well, then that's even better. Let's go. I guess so. (laughs) Well, let's ask you. Right. It's a win-win, buddy, at this point. I had another round of questions, but I know Boston's going to have fun editing this episode, so I guess I, should, <laughs> I guess we need to bring it. We to have hit the two and a half hour mark. I want to be right. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, okay. we were at, yeah, we were at two and a half hours, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I knew this was going to be a fun episode, and I like being yes. right. Yay! <laughs> this episode. Oh, I have one other recommendation. I forgot, guys. Uh, for your tax needs, H and R Block. Don't listen to them, Ryan. You're going to crush. You know, in about two or three episodes from now, we're going to be sponsored by H&R Blogs. I would love that. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I got to figure out. When I go back to stage, I got to find a way that I can do callbacks. Yeah. Because I am, that's one of my specialties. Love it. Just like H&R Blocks specialty is uh, tax problems. Right. Um, Perfect. But anyway, uh, Boston, take us home. Well, uh, Rowan and Liz, thank you so very much for joining us on this episode. Uh, we hope to see you again in the future. Uh, good luck on all your future shows. Without any further ado, we have been BRBFK, and we will catch everybody in the next episode. Good night. <laughs> good night. Good night. Good night. Bye. Thank you. You're just a fuck boy. You're just a